All right, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Garage Podcast. I'm your host, David. Ted is off this week. He's actually on vacation. However, I have a wonderful friend in his stead joining me today. You might recognize him from an earlier episode. It was actually like 30 episodes ago. It's kind of crazy that we've done that yeah. many. Um, but yeah, uh, Ian DePriest. Hello. Hello. Good buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm great. It's been <laughs> 2,000 years since the last 30-something episodes. It's been 84 it's years. It's been a million light years. Yeah. No, it really feels like it. Welcome uh, to the apocalypse, everyone. <laughs> It's, I'm, I mean... Umbrella even, Academy is here to save us all. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it really is kind of appropriate that we are talking about subject matter that deals with the apocalypse. Yeah. And it kind of feels like we're in the middle of one right A now. A little bit, you know. Hopefully, like, we're gonna fix it. Or at least time travel out of it somehow. That would be fantastic. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm still holding out hope that the Umbrella Academy comes and saves us all. Yes. I mean, like, one, I like I said, I'm not holding out too much hope. And two, like, <laughs> even if that was a possibility, they fucked it up, like, twice. Yeah, they kind of bring it along. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe the Sparrow Academy. But maybe. Yeah. But that's later. Right. That is later. But what if they bring their apocalypse along? Does two negatives equal a positive? Their apocalypse cancels our our apocalypse. You know what? Therefore, addition by subtraction. Yes. Yeah. I I'm with it. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go with that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That sounds like an excellent plan. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. That that's actually a pretty good segue into our talking points. Uh. Or talking points. Our topic for today's episode. Um. So Netflix just released season two of Umbrella Academy. And that's what we're going to talk about today because yeah. we're, we're really excited about it. I love umbrellas. Yeah. <laughs> you, you brought an umbrella I today. brought an umbrella per for, per and for this podcast. Right. It was black. So yes. was, in theme. Yeah, it was quite appropriate. Yes. Um, and, and matching. And I'm just waiting for my powers to kick in. Right. So uh, actually, that's that's a pretty decent segue into the first uh, talking point that I have listed, which was to cover our most recent Facebook poll, Yeah. Uh, which I believe you did participate in. I you did. voted. I did. So thank you. Uh, first, thank you for that. I, You're welcome. I, I, it's a little... Um, I, I think unnecessary to for me to try and thank everyone individually for participating. <laughs> so whenever I can, I, I try and throw out like a collective thank you like yes. in, in the group. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's one of the reasons why I love the Facebook group so much. Like I just couldn't get any interaction with the Facebook page. And I realized mm -hmm. that it's just like how Facebook's algorithm kind of works is like their page settings are more like a website. Yeah. And with the group, like... Especially the more you interact with it and comment, like, the more it will pop up yeah, on your it, timeline. Yeah, it feels like a, a cool little family. Yeah, uh, and I, he, I I know that a lot of people in the group, like, I invited, like, they don't even really listen to the podcast or only listen sometimes. Mm -hmm. But even if they just participate in the pool, polls and the conversations, like, I'm, I'm still cool with that. Yeah. Like, just to... You know, especially now, like, I think it's important to remember that 
uh, camaraderie and, and people and groups like still yeah. are a thing and exist and hopefully will someday like kind of go back to quote unquote normal. I mean, this is the most appropriate time to have like anything done online for sure and have an online presence since we physically can't really go outside well we can but we might potentially risk ourselves to getting a virus and die right but that's neither here nor there that that's um just some darkness outside and we're just gonna ignore it until it passes right uh i i think that's a a great way (laughs) of going about it i mean you know if we just take a page from the bible just like spread some lamb's blood on your door and you're good (laughs) Is that all it takes? Yeah, like angel wow. of death. Angel of death will come, and then the angel of death be like, "Oh, lamb's blood, not going to take your firstborn." Bye, and then moves on. Watch okay, it. well, I'll just have to hit up the petting zoo. Yeah, um, and go grab me a lamb. I mean, and... yeah, as long as the prince of Egypt was giving me the right information, I think I'm good. First, uh, the question. It was, for those of you that did not vote, um, and I guess the people that did vote too, if you want a refresher on the poll and the poll question, um, if you could have any one power from a member of the Umbrella Academy, which one would it be? Uh, of course, we meant specifically the show, um, obviously because we're talking about the show today, mm-hmm. and we think it's safe to assume that people are more familiar with the show than they are with the books. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, we definitely... Were, uh, we definitely meant the show's characters and, and their powers. Yeah. Um, I would go over the characters and their powers, but uh, one, I didn't write them down. Um, so you can well, let's, just... Let's just run through them real quick. If, yes, we, if so, I can remember. Let's yes. I mean, we so have number we have one, Luther, Luther, who has super strength. Super strength. I think kind of invulnerability, like especially if you saw that first episode yeah. of season two, mm-hmm. he took... A shot in the back from a bazooka and was fine. Right. So that. He also got like his face smashed in by that gigantic dude that has like a a parallelogram for a face. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and he was just like, uh, yeah, he just woke up fine. Like, oh, it's just a bad hangover. Yeah. Um, That's Luther. Number yes. two. That's Diego. Diego. Right? He uh, has a precise... Uh, precision skills. Okay, here's the uh, I, weird I thing. I forget exactly what it was. Here's um, the here's the weird thing that we're gonna dip a little quickly into and then out of. In like the comic books, it's always been to me at least like he just has really good reflexes and has really good aim and can just sh- throw knives or mm-hmm. aim anything really well. In the show itself, he physically bends the things that he he's throwing. Right. And then he does a huge, there's like a huge reveal of the advancement of his powers at the end of the season, which we can talk about later. Mm-hmm. That makes it, I mean, it makes it feel like he has telekinesis, essentially. But right. like, it's weird. So I don't really know what they're trying to do with it. But right, we'll say like really good accuracy and semi-telekinesis. <laughs> like it's like he was bending knives like in Wanted. It like stopped in the middle of the year and like curved. Right. And... Yeah. Yeah. Basically just think of like Wanted but with knives. Yes. Um, and then uh, number three we have Allison. Yes. And she of course is the rumor. She uh, she... she has mind control powers basically. Yes. And I would add on essentially like slash manifestation because anything she says kind of happens 
Right. Again, like the first episode of that season two, she just says like, I heard a rumor. I blew your mind. It people's heads literally exploded. Right. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like making someone go walking on coming traffic. It's, it's like, she physically manifests whatever rumor or lie she's essentially said. Right. And that's kind of what it is in the comics, at least explained more explicitly in the comics. In mm-hmm. the TV show, it's kind of just shown when people like hear it and that little weird vibrations coming out of her mouth. Right. Uh, but in in the book itself, it gets to a point where she is like a teenager. There's like a short story in one of the volumes like afterward. And she like lies about where she's going so much that she manifests another copy of herself. Right. Um, but that's comic book. Anyways, TV show. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm, I'm actually pulling up the, uh, uh, the thing the right now. The little poll. Yeah. The poll. Um, um, we have four, which I think is Klaus, I think. Yes. Uh, Klaus and you can speak to the dead yep. on the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, He's much more OP and stronger in the comic books, but we can talk yeah. about that later. Yeah. Um, There's number five. Number five. He, teleportation. Yeah. Time. Yep. Time travel. Time travel. Space. Space and time travel. Yeah. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, number six is ben. ben. Oh, Ben. The horror, essentially. Right. I think that's actually his codename, horror or something like that. He I was like I giant monster tentacles. Monster. Yeah. Tentacles, basically. Yeah. And, but I. It, I don't think his name, the horror, is really brought up in the show at all. Never. Like they're, um, I don't think ben. anyone's really because, like you know, Luther is really Space Boy and yeah, um, like they all have like little nicknames. They have numbers, they have code names, and then they have real real names. names. Yeah, and it's just I understand why they got rid of the code names for the TV it's show. It's just it's too it's, much. It's too confusing. Yeah, it's just too much. Um, um just another added like unnecessary layer. Yeah. Um, whereas with but with the comic book and it's like so, uh, like nonsensical and and like whimsical yes uh it's uh, it makes more sense yes um and then of course we have last but not least um, vanya vanya with her uh what is it um convert sound into destructive force yeah it's a weird interesting power she just manipulates sound waves i guess I, i think i mean it's not and you might be like, actually, being the X-Men fan then that you are, <laughs> but I kind of equate her powers kind of, sort of, to Jean Grey. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, but, like, not... There, I am, like, I love X-Men, so I will say close to Jean Grey's, like, OP-ness, mm-hmm. but very different because Jean Grey can also read minds and move things with her minds. Right. Um, whereas Vanya can physically just move things and destroy things with sound. Mm-hmm. She can't really read a person's mind at all. Right. Um, so maybe half a Jean Grey, but also like the way sound works is just very weird. Like, right. Like the way she like uses her abilities in the book is slightly different from the way she uses it in the TV show just because she has like an actual violin that she uses as like a conduit right to manipulate the sound mm-hmm. whereas on the TV show it's like it just is her body uh that she turns you know a pale white like a white walker and just like blasts people right with blue yeah energy. <laughs> this, is, this is probably also a good point to mention like yeah spoiler alert for like I guess probably both the uh, definitely the show and 
definitely the comic books. So, yes. I mean, if if you, it's definitely a good idea to have seen both seasons one and two of the show before you listen to this episode. Yes. And uh, if you are fine with having the books like spoiled, because they definitely do not line up with uh, the show. They don't. Some of the things, which we'll talk to you later, like it, some have been shifted around. Some of the plot points um, from the comic right. books have been shifted around to fit the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um and there, we're also. I probably will speak a little bit about like the third volume the, that will yeah. potentially happen in the third season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so spoilers, as River Song would say. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, but we'll we'll quickly wrap up the poll. So people definitely voted the most for Number Five's powers. They they yeah. wanted that. They want to sp- fuck up the timeline. <laughs> I I definitely did not vote for this. Uh, let's see, what is I? Uh, yeah, I was the only person who voted for. Uh, well, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, uh, I would not trust myself with space and time travel. I, I'm nothing I'm, good happens. No, I I mean like you only hear about terrible shit happening, fucking with the space time continuum. Nothing nothing good ever happens when yeah. you go back. When you go forward. It, you just mess things up, and then, like, you get caught by an agency, hence the time agency, and then right. they make you into an assassin. Like, nothing good happens. Right. It, it's just... Um, it's cool. Yeah, the idea of it. I mean, <laughs> like, in theory, uh, it's it's definitely cool, like you said. Yeah. But... I definitely offended everybody who just <laughs> voted for that power. Oh, no. Like, uh, what, what you just said was probably the nicest we've ever been to our voters like ted usually <laughs> like just unleashes the few like you should i don't know if you listened to the one where uh, I, I forget what episode it was but it was uh several months ago where we had uh the poll of uh, who's the better villain mm-hmm. the green goblin or the joker oh no and everyone voted for the joker like hands down uh-huh and Ted got really upset. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and he went off on like this ten-minute tangent of, of how everyone was basically wrong. Exhibit that, A that voted for the Joker. <laughs> um, it was He's a pretty an good argument. Boyfriend. Yeah, and and I, and I was um, inclined to believe him because he knows his shit when it comes to both Marvel and DC comics. I books. don't know my DC, so I will not be able to argue. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. That's once again getting off topic. But anyways, if if you're cool with us getting off topic um, and and touching on other random but somehow tangentially related things, yeah. then feel free to listen on. Yeah, or if you simply just want to play a drinking game, every single time we tangent, take a shot. Uh, You'll be drunk in five minutes. We do not advocate for like doing that and then going places. Yes, please stay sorry. in your domicile. Stay at home. Do it legally. If you're under 21, don't do it. Right. I will know. Uh, I don't think we have really anyone listening to the podcast that's under 21. You not may. that not that I know of. I mean... There may be a surprise one day. Could be. Uh, yeah. I mean, when we went to GalaxyCon back last November, we, we definitely had some youngsters. Uh, some youngsters. Youths. I'm fucking old as shit. Youngsters, <laughs> God. I, I'm the like... The youths are coming. I'm a few years shy of like... In my tube socks on the front lawn, waving my cane. Get I off my! I'm literally an old person because my body, like, I got gout. Oh, like, 
a couple of months, a couple of weeks or a month ago or so. And I truly am an old person. I have high blood pressure now that I have to ma- monitor. Oh, man. I'm dying. I'm ancient. <laughs> it's been 2,000 years since, you know, 2020, the beginning of 2020. Right. And here I am trying to avert the apocalypse. Yeah. By talking about the Umbrella Academy. It's it's a weird time for all of us, dude. It's, uh, man, it, it's something else. But anyways, um, God, <laughs> one day we'll finish with this poll. No, we won't. So, <laughs> so anyway, continue. Right. So um, Allison's uh, powers were next. Uh, mind control. Um, that got a couple of votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanya's was next. Uh, that got a couple of votes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Klaus speaking to the dead. Mm-hmm. Ben, his uh, tentacle monster arms. Yes, and that got one vote. And mine, uh, Diego's yes. powers, perfect aim. Yeah, that is what I voted for. I just thought that would be really cool. Like yeah. everything else, nobody voted for Space Boy, or I mean Luther. Uh, that is that is actually correct. Zero. Th- nobody likes Luther. I think mainly because probably everyone's like kind of over super strength. Maybe. I feel like the majority of the public is like, no, we're, we don't we don't care about super strength. Right. You know? I can bench press whatever, you know. Yeah. But um, another argument could be made that this poll didn't get as much traction as our previous polls. I, I think it's because a lot of we structure a lot of our polls on the Facebook group page to so that pretty much anyone can participate like it's Mm -hmm. you know like we we talk about uh, you know when we talked about like the villains like who would win in a fight like Mm -hmm. we try to pick villains that everyone knows about so that regardless of the wrong yeah yeah it's accessible but this really it only pertains to those that have seen the show true Uh, but they can also read they Sorry. can. Uh, that was very rude of me. No, that I mean, you are correct. Uh, but yeah, like, it, it just kind of goes like that sometimes with our polls. Also, uh, there's typically like several days in between posting the poll and then recording. I see. Uh, whereas I just posted the poll yesterday. As, I'm just so fast. Yeah. Right. Um, and of course, this episode, uh, we're recording on, what is today? Friday. I don't know. Um, and <laughs> time is... It, uh, time is nothing. It's no longer linear. Yeah. If it once was, it, it is it no longer. It is not linear. It is a spiral mixed with <laughs> a rhombus times, you know another spiral right in an ocean filled with blood wow okay uh yeah time basically took like a (laughs) couple of cannabis gummies uh chased it with some mushrooms um and then set itself on fire (laughs) i'm here to bring everything down (laughs) uh it's it's a a beautiful train wreck it is a beautiful trash dumpster going down the street in a flooded New Orleans Road. Uh, yeah, you are correct. <laughs> we got a little bit of rain today. Um, we ha- had a it, tornado warning. It it got nuts in your neck of the woods. Yeah, right? it in was the, a in little the Nashville area. It got dark very quickly, and I was like, "Uh oh, that's not good." This is why I've always wanted to be Storm from X Men, so I can fucking control the weather. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty dope. That's actually, honestly. if I had a choice, it truly would be Storm. Yeah. But I chose in this poll. Yes. Um, <laughs> getting back to the poll. Yes. Getting bracket. back to the poll because we need to finish it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I chose to be 
uh, Allison or have Allison's powers. Mainly okay. because I think it's the coolest. I think um, I'm a person that it's all about control. So I will abuse the shit about that whole entire power. Yeah. You shouldn't give it to me because I'd just be crazy and evil. <laughs> I'd be a villain immediately. I just abuse it and like you know just manifest whatever the fuck i want to so so you think if you had mind control powers you wouldn't just use it for like defeating quote-unquote enemies like if you were part of the umbrella academy or just part of another superhero team or you're Mm -hmm. in a particular setting close to like a a comic book movie or or Mm -hmm. a comic book where you have actual quote unquote bad guys yeah. that you need to defeat. So you wouldn't just use it for those dire situations. I think no, because here's the thing about being a human. Um, you have a lot of like dark urges and you yeah. have a lot of your, and it's a, a slippery slope and it's a slippery slope and it's powers addicting like power. Yeah. Once you have a taste of it, like anybody who does kind of just runs away with it and don't, doesn't want to give it back. And that's the whole point of Allison's character in the show anyways because when in season one we see her and she's trying to make up for the mistakes that she did she, right the reason Allison doesn't use her powers a lot is because she did a lot of bad things and like messed up a lot of people and hurt a lot of people with them and mm-hmm. so she refuses to use her powers unless it's absolutely necessary right um, because she learned her lesson. She hurt, you know, her daughter and her family and she lost it. So I feel like I would kind of follow that same route of like, hey, I can make anything I want happen. Mm-hmm. Watch me do it. I have everything I want. Oh, I am hurt people along the way and now I'm bored and like I need to, you know, make up for it. It's probably what would happen to me too. <laughs> if, right. if I did not become a villain, but, you know. But, yeah. You know. I'm, I mean, it's... I feel like we we already live in a world of gray areas. Like, yeah. I mean, lines become blurry and muddied. And yeah. um, I feel like we're just all anti-heroes in, in, yeah. in this world. Like, I mean, there's it seems like there's just so few people that have a true North yeah, moral compass. Yeah. It's hard, and I think that's the point, and that's also kind of why I, I like Umbrella Academy because it is kind of gray. You oh know? yeah, right, yeah. That's like the whole the, point. Of they're it all, all beautiful train wrecks. Yeah, like, I mean, no one in that family is perfect. No, but like you love each one individually yeah. and and as a whole uh, that much more for it. Exactly, because it's it's kind of like a reflection of ourselves. Exactly. I mean, to to kind of like. I don't know to to go to that area like yeah. it's um I understand what you mean. But yeah, uh that's that's kind of a, a good jumping off point to yeah. dive into the actual like 30 fucking minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> um we uh we can finally dive into the meat. So, uh <laughs> love meat. Yeah, right. I think meat, I said that meat. last time I was on podcast. <laughs> really? <laughs> Probably. I mean, who I, I was about to say who doesn't but vegetarians. Like, uh, uh, yeah, and vegans and Sure. Pescatarians, I, I guess. And, maybe some of them. Um, isn't fish meat? Like fish meat? Isn't I've it had meat? the term pescatarian uh, described to me so many times. And yeah, harping back to how weird my brain is and how I can only remember <laughs> pointless things. I can remember fucking movie quotes, but I can't remember what a pescatarian is. It I is, can never remember if it's someone who... It is a denomination of... Um, 
church. It's a denominational church. <laughs> They're the ones that drive with the uh, the Jesus fish uh, yes. on their cars. Yes. Because apparently those are still a thing. Yeah. I think. I think so, too. Once in a while, I'll see it. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you'll see their churches everywhere. The, the pescatarian churches. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, so season two of the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Uh, Ian, what what did you think? I loved it, and I also did not like it. <laughs> that's a that's a weird uh, thing. Complicated feeling. It's a complicated I feeling. I liked parts of it, and there are parts I did not like. Um, but overall, if I were to rate it, I'd give it a solid like eight. In like you know. Yeah, whatever scale I, you want. Right. So you you've only watched it uh, all the way through once. Correct? Yes, I've only watched it all the way through once, and that was like a couple weeks ago. So my memory may or may not be failing me, but most likely failing me because I'm an old person. But <laughs> well, I'll try and pick up the slack because I I did just uh, you know we talked about this a little bit uh, a couple days ago that I wanted to like I had started rewatching it and mm-hmm. I was like well I might as well try and finish it before we pick a date to record the episode. Yeah. And and I was able to just power through it and just as quick a, a time or even faster than I did the first time around. Yeah. And and so I I I kind of am with you. Like I have really complicated feelings. It's it's like an onion, very layered. Um, yeah. Like I, I think I loved it more the first time around. I, I don't think it was because like I was so excited that it was back. Like mm-hmm. I, I get, I, I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling where you kind of have blinders on yeah. a little bit where you're like, uh, some uh, some movie or show or whatever a book yeah. is so highly anticipated and the first run through you're like so blinded by that like like excitement yeah that you're willing to look past these like true flaws that it, it, this source material has yeah and and so that's kind of sort of what happened the the second time around i see and, and plus you kind of pointed out a couple things that we'll, we'll get to here in just a minute yeah that uh i was you were like yeah i mean you know, we were chatting you were like i, I don't want to like talk too much about one thing or another because we'll cover yeah. it on the podcast exactly um but you po- did kind of point them out um, yeah just broad strokes kind of thing i yeah. was like so when I I went back and rewatched it, I was like, oh yeah, he's got a point there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I think I think I'd give it like an eight point two. Yeah, it's like, like I'd say it's like a decent. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. It was beautiful. I loved like how the characters are developing. I love kind of where the story's headed. Mm-hmm. There were just some moments that I was just like, I don't believe this wholeheartedly and there were some moments there i'm like why are we doing this sure and i you know it's just like a give and take it's very i mean it's diverged since the first season it's already diverged from the comic books so like i can't really like say much and i love the comics and the shows for different reasons right because i will say the comics um lack some of the things that the show does really well and vice versa okay um more more in the sense of like I think what the comics lack is really just like the depth of the characters because it wants to keep going through the mysteries yeah. of these backgrounds and the people mm-hmm. whereas the show really does go into like who these people are and 100%. how they feel yeah 
Um, and that's why I really love it. Um, yeah. But without further ado, if you want to go, if we should go into this. Yeah. Um, um, so uh, I, I think in our in our notes pretty early on, we had it, uh, a lot of, well, you added a shit ton of stuff, <laughs> a lot more than I did, uh, where we kind of compared season two to Dallas because for the most part, it was... Uh, based on uh, yeah uh, this I, I i wasn't sure like because the first season definitely was loosely based around volume one yeah uh, most of the what happened in volume one and yeah. of course they the show took a lot of liberties and and made it the show into its own thing yeah um trying its best to stay relatively close and similar to the source material yeah but translating it to the screen in a way that made sense for the screen. Yeah. Um, and I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah. Continuing I mean, that in the, in this, and you were kind of just saying the same thing basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they did a, a pretty good job of like translating volume two of, of Dallas. It's yeah. I think the skeleton is roughly the same. Like the bones of what the plot is and what needs to happen is essentially the same. Same thing with, Volume one equating to season one of Umbrella Academy. Right. The structure is the same. They like Vanya was supposed to bring the destruction of the earth and bring the apocalypse. Right. The only difference is that the end of season one, Vanya actually does get shot in the head mm-hmm. and goes into a coma and then can't like has to learn how to walk. And Vanya is essentially out of commission the entire volume of like volume two of umbrella Academy. yeah she's basically wheelchair bound yeah she's wheelchair bound and then she discovers how what a terrible person she is like because she doesn't she lost all her right. memory of yeah like what... that, that part uh does stay true to uh the the book compared to what happens in the show where you know yeah. she has amnesia so like that's yeah that's the one difference so like the bones and like the things that happen to these people are kind of the same mm-hmm. but the way they go about it has shifted Mainly because also um, part of season one, they introduced like villains that were that didn't happen until later. Like Hazel and Chacha in the comic books don't come until season two, like volume two in Dallas. Um, and the handler is not a real villain in the comic books anywhere. They just made the handler up. Right. Yeah. Um, and also. Um, Hazel and Chacha aren't around for very long at all. Hazel, they're, they're they're in there for like I think two or maybe three issues, if that. Yeah, the thing about I this is why it's like some I love the books and I also love the show because I really like Hazel and Chacha in the show a little bit better than the comic books because in the for comic sure. books they're just posed as like the really deadly assassins of this time agency. Mm-hmm. Like you only assign Hazel and Chacha if you want shit to get done, which is essentially one of the differences in the show in season two, because since Hazel and Chacha are dead, they had to bring some really badass assassins to replace them. And right. it's the Swedes. So they replaced them with and the boy, Swedes. did they bring it. They were kind of scary. They were scary. And also I, I liked the little nod because it's still a little nod to the, volume two of the comic book because in the in the comic book itself there's this like little shots of like the milkmen 
like delivering milk right, that's yeah. controlled by the time agency and they're also wearing these like weird masks that have like really bleach blonde hair on them that's so right, i yeah. think that's where they got the idea of the swedes yeah to replace hazel and chacha in season two okay um because it's like a little nod to the book and they're like they're deadly assassins we need the deadly assassins to try and kill um the umbrella right. academy yeah um i my one gripe about season two just w- one the first one rather. <laughs> <laughs> the first gripe I was about to say there's got to be more than the one. first gripe i have yes, about season but, two but I, yes um is hate is hazel like we all by the end of season one we love hazel so much mm-hmm. especially since he got to live got to escape with agnes you know right I really wanted more. I was, I understand why, like, they did what they did because it's like, where are they going to put Hazel now? But they created this beautiful character of this assassin that ran away from the agency and is living his life only to kill him in the first five minutes, like 10 minutes of the first episode of season two. It's just like, I personally think there's going to be so much, it was, there's so much potential to use him in there. I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't think of it, or maybe they were like, there's too much story and plotline to deal with this, so we're just going to kill you off the show immediately. Yeah. Because, like, he just kind of appears in the first episode, and is like, I'm here to save you from the apocalypse. Come with me now, number five. And he's like, okay. And he's like... He got that good uh, Terminator line. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it isn't verbatim, like what Arnie says, but he's like, if you want to live, come with me. Exactly. Yeah. Which is cool. But at the same time, I was just very sad that they were like, oh, we're going to kill him now because, and it's easy because we can just say Agnes died of cancer because that was the point. She did like, you know, was, sure. she was dying, but I think it would have been cool to just like keep him around and see how he, how they grow this character into something else because they took a deliberate choice to keep him alive. Because at the end of season one. Right. Because in, in the books, Hazel and Chacha just die. And they're also killed by Klaus, which is a different story later. Right, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that was my first thing. It's like, if you're going to keep a character, like, it's kind of a letdown to suddenly, like, first episode, he's in there for five minutes. He's dead. He's not coming back. Goodbye. Yeah, I, so, I get that. Like, I definitely get it. Yeah. I, but I, I was sad to see him go, yeah. like, especially uh, since we only got him for, like, less than five minutes, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, he shows up, he saves five just long enough to save him from the apocalypse so he can save, uh, you know, them from uh, th- that same apocalypse yeah. five day- or uh, a week earlier or however long it was. Yeah. Uh, but... I think going into this second season, I prepared myself either consciously or subconsciously that Hazel wasn't really going to be part of the equation. And if he was, he wasn't going to be a big part of it. Yeah. So I I, I wasn't really prepared to, to have him be a big part of the story yeah so i I think that kind of helped with me like but it seems like you were were really it was a i definitely like invested into his character just because like he they made him so lovable and i mean like the whole trope of like you know kill your darlings you know like right and like and i get it but i think it would have been really cool there's like cool story opportunities to even like 
help the Umbrella Academy now that Hazel's with them, especially if, like, you know, the time agency's coming for them in this Right. Season. Well, you know what you should do? You should write your own fan fiction. I should. And I mean, this is a golden opportunity <laughs> for you to put pen to paper and make what didn't happen happen. You see, if I had Allison's power, I would just say it and then it'd be done. I don't have to write exactly. it. Exactly. Um, you know, I heard but... a rumor that you didn't kill this character and that everything was great. <laughs> that so. would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. What, uh, what's his name? Steve Blackman? Uh, the the yeah. guy that uh, adapted it? Mm. Uh, I, I don't know if he was the director or if... Uh, He's the last credit after the yeah the, the credit sequence or whatever. Important Anyways, um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I thought that he had a pretty decent like fleshed out story arc in yeah. the first season, and you kind of know like if you're used to watching movies and shows yeah. that kind of go in this direction where you're like oh, something good is finally happening to this character that's usually the kiss of death. Yeah. Uh, so when, like, I was totally expecting him and, uh, and what's what's her name that, that he fell in love with from the donut shop? Agnes. Agnes, thank you. Uh, I was totally expecting them to die at the end of season one. I know. That's why I was just like, what a twist. Like, how interesting would it be to, you know, not kill them and then give them, like, a possible future? Right. But we, one, don't even get to see that future. He was just like, she died happily, peacefully and happily and she lived 20 years and now I'm old. Look at my white hair. Like, cool. But, you know, where did I invested so much? Why aren't you showing it to me? You know? Yeah. Like, nah, I, I get it. I mean, give it, me what I paid for. <laughs> uh, I, I pay $17 a I, month for this I, bullshit. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I definitely get it, but it, it didn't really break yeah. my heart much. I understand. Yeah. I understand both sides, really. I think I, I just invested too much, and I was just like, I think it would have been... I personally think it would have been cool also, like, even if you were going to kill him, maybe not kill him in the first episode, keep him around long enough for him to, like, you know, mess with the time agency or help them out, and then have right. the time agency still kill him in the end or, or something. If you were going to tie his story arc up yeah. or something. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just felt like it was a waste to just use him for like exposition for five minutes and then say bye sure that that's really my gripe because i was just like oh you're just here to explain things and now you're leaving <laughs> goodbye yeah um uh, it's yeah it's just one of those things yeah whatever <laughs> and whatever gripe one done gripe right. two <laughs> yeah what's what's gripe two um we can go ahead and bang these out and and then we'll get to the good stuff yeah bad news first good news later yes um gripe two Carmichael versus oh, yeah, the handler. This is the one you were telling me about this, via text message. Yes, this I have a lot of opinions, opinions and opinions. Carmichael is very different. In Carmichael the book. is very different from the in the comic book to what he's portrayed on screen. Um, Carmichael, Carmichael is like a genius level intellect mm-hmm. that is a fish, and He's, a, he's essentially the main like antagonist of volume two in season two. Right. He what he does is that he comes in and he takes um, number five in the comic books. He takes number five and Allison hostage because his plan in the comic books is like, I need you to assassinate JFK because mm-hmm. 
Oh, one big thing that's also different in in the comic book universe, their universe, it's normal that JFK didn't die. Like in their in the comic book universe, JFK never died. Mm-hmm. None of that happened. Right. It also in the comic book universe, there were monkeys going around talking and like giant squid aliens doing WWE wrestling. It's, so like it's real weird. It's very weird and it's, it's different. And I think that's why I like the books too because I feel like it's hard to translate that to screen. Or they either didn't have enough money or were too afraid to get too weird so soon or so much. It's it's why we, if you go back and listen to the first episode that Ian and I did, or if you did listen to it and you can remember back to it, that's why we, I mean, we stated a couple different times that, like, even though, yes, we're going to talk about the show and how it compares to the books, um... It really is like comparing apples to oranges. Yeah, it's it's two different animals, two different whatever vegetables, right. fruits, yeah, cakes. Um, but anyways, <laughs> um, in Car in in the comic book, Carmichael is the main protagonist, uh, not protagonist, antagonist, villain, and he is so smart, he is so strategic that he manages to, to kind of take five and um, Allison hostage and go back in time to Dallas. And so that they can kill JFK. That's the main plot line mm-hmm. of, of Dallas, of um, Volume 2. Season 2 in the film, um, film, the TV show, whatever. I don't know my stuff. <laughs> show, uh, TV, show, TV, movie, whatever. whatever. Uh, in the show, he kind of is like portrayed as this like, you know. Coward. Coward, like imbecile is the best way I can put it. Because he shows up. I mean, like at first... At not first, really. Not really. Like, like you, it, it kind of starts out a little bit like he starts out in the book. Yeah, it, he makes a really cool entrance. He's sitting. Um, he's at, like at smoking, the handler's desk. Yeah, he's smoking. And he's like, smoking, and it's so funny because to see this fish like just puff in smoke from a cigarette through like a weird microphone hole. Right. Is yeah. So hilarious, and also to see him blow the like puffs of smoke out yeah in the water yeah in the water is so cool yeah it was that part was really cool like well done i was so looking forward to it especially when i saw carmichael in the trailers i was like oh it's on i'm so excited to see this character he's gonna be so awesome and like yeah in the the first scene he kind of does this power play of like hey handler you kind of fucked up your mission um, yep. You are now a subordinate and one of the other employees mm-hmm. and you're, you know, your parking permit. You're yeah, in parking she, lot C now instead of A. Yeah, she, <laughs> he, he he demotes the fuck out of yeah, her. Like, he, he, she's now below, what was, uh, Herb? Herb? Yeah. Herb, she, what? she is uh, below the guy that you don't want to be, be below because he's because not cool. He's, he's, and he's <laughs> short. So, like, physically, you do not want to be below him. <laughs> Because that would be super low to and the ground. She is just the Hannah is just you know she's not having. She's it. an egomaniac and psychopath, and she is just pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but as the show goes on, it it becomes revealed that like the handler has her own plans. She's playing the Game of Thrones. She's gonna get her position back. In fact, right. she's going to have the entire time agency under her command. Mm-hmm. Like that was the plan, and um. Through this process, she convinces number five to assassinate Carmichael and the rest of the, and the board. rest of the board. And he didn't really assassinate him. She kind of captured Carmichael and put it in a fishbowl, which is funny. But, <laughs> right. Um, but 
she essentially assumes the role that Carmichael would have been in the comic books, like in the show. Right. Because Carmichael is this kind of, is that strategist, is that genius of like conniving person that will manipulate people around him to get the results that he wants. Mm -hmm. And that's what he does. And I was just kind of disappointed that like when a five shows up, to in the board meeting to kill all the board members, Carmichael is just like, oh shit, number five, and he screams and he cowers and he like crawls away and he runs away and right, yeah, the the way that he runs away is very goofy and yeah, and it was just like, wow, I was really excited to see this like badass like intelligent villain manipulate people, but instead all I got was a fish being like some kind of you know, like white collar man with power run away in cowardice which i mean you could argue both ways i'm glad that you know there is like a representation of the handler being a woman and assuming power and like nobody fucks with her and she is smart i love that representation Mm -hmm. but also at the same time it's like you killed her in the first season she she legitimately died. We saw her get a bullet to the head and you deux machina it. Uh-huh. And was like, by the way, she has a plate in her head, so she didn't really die. Yeah. Um, brought her back and, you know, kind of assumed that role. So it's kind of like mixed feelings for me. Like, I'm glad that she's back because one, I really love her outfits. Every single fucking outfit that she wears, I just want. She's pretty to fabulous. Wear. Like, she's the most ridiculous person. <laughs> Like, who just goes out in, like, crazy, like... She's the perfect antithesis she, to Five. Yeah, she literally, like, walks out like she just came out of the Met Gala. Right, yeah. And is just, like, killing people. And I love it. I love that she does that. And she's so weird and crazy. And yeah. she's such a psychopath. It's, it's like time, if Lady Gaga decided to take a super different career path. It was... It was so crazy. I loved it. I'm I live for every single one of her outfits. Yeah. I she looks great. But it was definitely mixed feelings because I was like, wow, there's this character that I was really looking forward to because finally they're making it they're going the weird route because like the first season was much more realistic and grounded in yeah. reality than mm-hmm. the comic books and I was like, okay, the villain in the second season is going to be very weird. So they kind of have to go in this like weird crank the weirdness up right which they did but they didn't go all the way and then they kind of just let somebody else take that role so that's why i was like both disappointed but also happy that like the role is portrayed by a woman that is smart and intelligent and complicated for sure um but at the same time i just really wanted to see carmichael be carmichael instead of just like this like dumb fish right yeah, I feel like they could have wrote it in a way where where Five still defeats him somehow and, and, and they keep uh, Carmichael in the show as still represented as like this uh, super smart, cunning badass. Yeah. Uh, and, and then like later on in the season, he gets taken down by either Five. Um, yeah. Or, or someone else Honest, in some form or fashion. Um, honestly, it's like you literally could take out the handler and still have the same show. You, She did not need to be there. The whole like, I am your, like, especially with the late Lila, Lila I think. Yeah. Especially with Lila because like she was there to take in Lila and train her to be her little protege mm-hmm. daughter and like carry on this legacy of whatever. And 
you could also still have Lila if you wanted to, but just give Lila to Carmichael. Like, right. You could have had the same effect and same plot lines and have the same beats. Just remove Handler. Yeah. Bring in Carmichael. Right. Carmichael can make have uh, a do- have him order the hit uh, of five to kill exactly. her parents and then basically grab her and it, go back to the, the exactly uh, like the, the time. Yeah. What, time he, commission. He could have essentially have the same entire story and plot line as the handler did. And it was still have been great. But no that, that fan fiction bro write it i get like i heard a rumor that the handler didn't exist in, <laughs> in season two really trying to and, will it into existence and truly was just like carmichael and lila like i don't know if it's because maybe budget and money like maybe it's too, it costs too much to you know animate a person a fish in a bowl with all those scenes sure um you know but but uh, like they all have powers. And... They all have powers, and also like I don't know. Maybe it's also a thing where a lot of people grew to love the handler because she. I will say this: like she is very has a very magnetic presence. Like she's every a time, great villain. Yeah, every time you watch the show, you're like, this crazy bitch. <laughs> she's insane. Yeah. She looks fabulous. Right. And I can't look away, and I love her. Yeah. It's... But she is insane and she only cares about herself. Right. It's like, it's like Cruella DeVille minus the puppy killing. Yeah. Also, truly want the outfit that she wore when she was taking over the time agency. That weird like Queen Elizabeth spider web, like <laughs> metal, like, you know, corset I, thing. Dress. Are you talking about the one where they all gathered in like the stairwell? And and she was like on the, yeah. the second staircase. She was like whatever. on the second staircase, or even before that, in that room where like Lila came in and like Carmichael was in the bowl. That's right. And like they were like doing a fitting on her, and it was just right. like this weird like spider web shoulder pads, it spider was, web like corset dress. It was definitely far mixed out. in with like Queen Victoria's like <laughs> garb, yeah, and a sash and like all these medals. And I was just like, this is so, what the fuck outfit is this it's Why? glitter and it's glam and yeah. it's fabulous i was just like who else no one else in this entire building or corporation is wearing any kind of outlandish clothing except you ma'am <laughs> like no wonder you got emoted you're taking all of their money away like you're putting all of your funds into your outfits but you know whatever you do you i truly want that outfit um but it's pretty great it's great but again i think the season could have been done without the handler. Like it, it could have been done. Um, I, I kind of w- would like to see that. Yeah. But. And maybe like, it just wouldn't hit as hard if it was like, you know, a fish expressing, expressing emotions to like his daughter, you know, like imagine right. like Carmichael talking to Layla, it would be very different from the way like the handler portrays herself because it's two very different like energies. Yeah different Um, dynamics yeah yeah so i think that's probably why they brought her back just because how weird and outlandish she is and how just like magnetic she is but sure still disappointed anyways that's enough about gripe (laughs) two would you like to take over uh i'm sure um so or should i keep going (laughs) no um i i don't really know what my gripes of 
this season are like i mean you definitely hit on a couple things that i took issue with Mm -hmm. i was definitely back and forth with lila like herself as a character like i mean i love her character same um but there were certain times especially through the second watch where i was like is she completely necessary yeah uh, but I mean, she is a fucking badass, and I'm all always all about some awesome, powerful female characters. Yeah, in and my shows and movies. Not only that, but like she doesn't. I don't know. She doesn't fall into the trope of strong female characters. I she fall like she has depth to her. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of complicated emotions, and I like her. Uh, she. She grew on me, definitely. At first, I was just like, why is there a random-ass British girl <laughs> in the middle of, like, the U.S.? Right. Why is she here? I assume because of some weird reason. And then it ex- explained later it's because, you know, the handler was the one that put her there. Because she mm-hmm. wanted a spy to spy on the Umbrella Academy and right. get a mole in through Diego and fa- have her fall in love with Diego. And... um. Yeah, she doesn't exist at all anywhere in the comics, even in the third volume. Like, Layla is not there unless... Right, yeah, she's... They yeah, she's another introduce her character. later. Um, but it's just... Yeah, she... She definitely grew on me. Um, I don't know what else to say about her. I... Okay, so this is one thing that I thought of that hasn't really brought, been brought up yet in terms of gripes. And then I think it would be a, a good opportunity and time to move on to things that we did like about this season. Okay. Um, the, I don't know what you want to call it, the payoff or the... The reveal? The, the, yeah, the, the big reveal at the end yeah. where she learns that sh- her, her parents were, I mean, like... You know, she learns that it uh, the the order was um, ordered by Carmichael, and that um, you know it, it was uh, like her her parents weren't really bad; they were just like flower merchants, basically, and yeah. and, and they were just uh, they were mowed down in their own home for no reason. Like they weren't like they her her quote unquote mom, you know, mm-hmm. uh, she made up the, the story that they were like drug addicts or, and like they abused her or whatever. Yeah. Like, and, and, and like, I just felt like when she learned that that all wasn't real. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just didn't, the payoff didn't really feel like very earned. Like, I mean, it was okay. It was okay. I, I didn't, I was just like, I know what's going to happen because it got to that point. Where I was just like, eventually the truth would be revealed and she's going to turn against her mother, right. like her adopted mother, the handler. Maybe it's and just because it's a, a bit of a worn out trope. I guess. Yeah, probably. And, and so like, it's the, those, those tropes that are like so worn out in movies and TV, just like this. Like I am your father. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Sorry. Um, it's. <laughs> It's so hard to 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 renew them and, and do it them is. like in in the the same vein that they're like historically meant to be done, but yeah. at the same time put a different spin on it, yeah, so that it feels fresh. Yeah, I felt like they. 
I won't say that they failed. Yeah. Because it, like... It's it fine. Did, it it, it did happened. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that it's fine. Yeah. Like, I didn't not like it. Yeah. But, yeah. you know... I, I know what I, you mean. I will say, I, I felt like it just wasn't as earned I, as it could have been. It's just interesting to me why they brought her in. It's just like, they really didn't need her character... Like I'm trying to ju- just think of why. Like the only purpose I can think of why Layla is there is to give Diego more character development because sure. she is attached to him. She has fallen in love with Diego, and poor Diego keeps falling in love with girls that either die or run away or try to kill him. Right. Um, poor but- Diego. <laughs> That's another reason why I wanted his powers. Yeah. I was like, I wanna, I wanna reach out and give Diego a hug. Yeah. Like it. It was. Just- that's the only other thing I can think of is just like to give Diego more character depth, um, to give him like a soundboard and a reason to escape where the the facility, the psych ward that he was trapped in. Right. Um, and to also, I guess, prep the backstory of like, yeah, remember all the other like 40 something children that were never recovered that was also born that, you know, just were never found. Right. Guess what? We have some. And that's like the big reveal at the very end of, you know, but that we'll get to later. Right. Yeah. Um, with the sparrows. But I think that's like a setup for it. And also, I guess like maybe I don't even know what's going to happen to the time agency now. They took out everybody. Like, yeah. Everybody. So many agents died. Well, I guess like the main the ones that are running it now are are like Herb and yeah, <laughs> and his little coffee break group. Right, yeah. It, it kind of sweet people. That last scene like after, you know, the the clouds parted and, and yeah. all that and things kind of went back to being happy. It reminded me of the ending of like Avengers Endgame. Uh, yeah. I mean, much less sad yeah. than Avengers and yeah. much less sad. No funerals. Right. Uh, very, I'd say a lot less deaths yes. um, uh, for the good side. Yes. Uh, w- which was great. Yeah. Because um, I don't think I was really ready to lose anyone quite no. yet. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's talk about some, uh, I mean, you have a bunch of points on here. Like, when it comes to comparing the season to to the comic books, do, do you want to focus on sure. some of them? Do you, do you want to focus on some some of the other things that we that we liked about the season? I let's just go through at least for me. Like it's helpful for me to just like have a skeleton of like characters and like what happens to them, and then com- compare and contrast maybe, or yeah. just like even talk about them. Um, and I think it helps if we, when we talk about the characters, like it helps go through the show because essentially right, well, yeah. the show is about their lives. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. Knock out two birds with one stone. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Uh, so Luther, Luther in the, the comics, um, he gets real fat. He gets fat. He yeah. becomes like fat Thor. Right. Um, but in, in the show, in the he, show, he gets, I, I put in my notes. I don't know if you saw that, but he get <laughs> he gains emotional weight. <laughs> Yes. Like he he becomes like I mean some people do really get like this uh, this version of depressed yeah um, but you see it a lot in shows and uh, movies and you definitely see it here where like they put on the the very brave face and they overcompensate yeah. their uh, with the happiness to mask their true sadness yeah um, so I I thought that 
he kind of like he definitely didn't gain any weight in the no, show. He was busy fighting in those rings. Yeah, yeah, for the well, mafia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. But like you know when, especially when he meets, uh, finally gets to meet back up with Allison for the first time. He's yeah. like, yeah, things are going just so great for me. He's like having to lick the barbecue sauce yeah. off of his hands and yeah, uh, you know, like he's like, I, do I give you a hug? Like, yeah, it's. Yeah, he's a fucking mess. He is a mess, but he's such a he's he's like a giant golden retriever to me. Yeah, like, he's just a giant golden retriever because he's like so so pure, but not always very bright or mm-hmm. quick. He's just like a giant beefcake that like punches things and you know loves. Right. Um, yeah. He 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 can be. I mean, I I don't want to discount his character uh, at all, but from time to time in the show he can be that typical like the muscle where yeah. uh he's he has a lot of physical strength but when it comes to intellect and making yeah. um really smart decisions leaves he's, some things to be desired yeah um, i but he, <laughs> like i said i i don't want to uh speak ill of his character too much because that that's you know okay. that that's doesn't paint the complete picture yeah i mean also to to note like um the huge difference of the comic books and the show is that in the comic books only um allison and number three get pulled into dallas in the timeline and they go back to dallas right only later do the other members of the family join them they it's not it doesn't start out where all these all the family members get dropped into different timelines right of like you know in different parts of the 60s essentially mm-hmm. that doesn't happen at all um but i that's what i like about the show i like that the show get it gives them more depth because they now have to they force them into a situation where like you have to live in this timeline how are you going to grow how are you going to change yeah. whereas like in the comic books it's still quote unquote comic booky because they have like villains to fight because where whereas suddenly number five and Allison disappear they have the rest of the family have to deal with Hazel and Cha Cha mm-hmm. and then discover that Allison's been kidnapped and they have to go into a teleportation machine and travel back in time and they actually do end up in the wrong time zone they came too early in the Vietnam War and then they have fixed the the teleportation machine, and then they finally, you know, find number five. That's right. a brief recap, by the way. Right. Yeah. Um, but I like that in in the show we really get to see them like develop um, themselves. Yeah. Um, and again, like yeah, number five. <laughs> number five has a lot to deal with. He he. I agree with like the emotional baggage that he carries. He's so neurotic um, and I I love him for it. I just, yeah, I just want to hug him um, and just like, you know, give him a little pat on the head. You're like we know, <laughs> we know you work like really hard. It's just like, um, Oh, sweet child. Like, <laughs> right. Cause like, I mean the paradox uh, and the juxtaposition of it all is like, he's kind like in, in, one sense the quote unquote youngest yeah. of all the characters at least physically speaking yeah but like he's also at the same time the oldest of all the characters but at the same time they're all the same age they were born at the same time right there there's no younger between them it's just that he was given number one he was given the leadership position mm-hmm. um 
I will also say this is a spoiler for the books if you're gonna read the books. Oh, I was talking about number five. Oh, so. sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I know we were still ta- kind of. I thought you were still Luther talking about same. number one. Yeah. Sorry. I. Anyways. No, but you're right in that case. You're in that case. You're definitely right because number five has lived like a thousand years. Yeah. He's just stuck in a child's body. Yeah. Sorry, um, I, I jumped ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, but in the in the comic book spoilers, um, if you're reading number two, uh, volume two, Dallas, um, the big twist that is revealed that Luther and number five are twins. This is how they get. To hold Allison hostage. Also, in in the comic books, Allison is not um, black. In the comic books, Allison is a white woman. Right. So, in the comic books, Allison's throat gets refixed together by the time agency mm-hmm. in order for them to complete the assassination of JFK. Because Allison, plot twist, spoilers in the comic books, is the one that kills JFK. Right. Um, not some random person that we don't know. Um, they because the whole point is that uh, Carmichael holds the birth mother of number five and Luther hostage and says I will kill her before these two are born so they're wiped out of time completely right if and only like and if you don't listen to me I will do that Um, I need you to kill the president Mm -hmm. like JFK yeah um, in order to fix the timeline so that's why that's the big reveal. And then there's this like rift that happens between number one, Luther and Allison, because Allison was like, I didn't do this to get my voice back. I killed the president because I wanted to save you and I love you. And Luther was like, it doesn't matter whether you save one, like save me or not. Like you killed somebody, you killed somebody important that would change the world. Right. And that's why there's this like rift that happens. So I think it's interesting that that happens in the comic books, but it doesn't really happen in the show because in the show, they're still like, you know, best friends loving each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So that's one of the huge like twists. Um, Moving on to Diego. um, Again, huge hero complex <laughs> yeah really that, that's that's kind of the name of his game uh and and story arc i'm in glad this season i'm glad that they did that because again in the comic books he doesn't diego is always angry in the comic books even though like he is angsty in the show and like you know is disgruntled but it at least pales has, in comparison it pales to the in the book <laughs> yeah in compare in the book he's just like literally off all the time yeah just gothic and just like i'm angry right i'm an angry pirate like you know like that's him the entire time but that's why i love the show they gave they give him depth by giving him relationships they give him depth by having a very complicated relationship with their father and um (laughs) the entire fight scene with him and his dad i was just like wow um yeah that was cool. I, I, I liked it a lot. Um, not not too hot about the hair that he has, number Diego's hair, but I think it's in, appropriate for the time. He, right, yeah. Like, he he looks like a cross between one of the Bee Gees and the, uh, the uh, what, from the Geico commercials. Uh, <laughs> what? The, the uh, the the cavemen from the Geico oh, okay. commercials. Uh, yeah, 
I can see that. Yeah, that's that's what he reminded me of. It's like a, cr- <laughs> uh, a cross between those that are two. like weird Johnny Depp hair, like just a little longer. Right. Instead yeah. Instead of like Johnny Depp has a little bit shorter, but like just if Johnny Depp just grew it a little longer. Yeah. It, I mean, like you said, it was definitely fitting for the era, but it definitely kind of it helped with his. It helps with his craziness. Unhinged (laughs) uh, image, yeah. Definitely. Um, Also, weird things that are different. I never realized that the big reveal at the end of his powers expanding is that he can literally control bullets now. Like, he has telekinesis. Yeah, so when did that happen? I don't know. I mean, like, in the books, again, he's just really good at aiming. Uh There's not, maybe, I feel like it might be harder in the books to illustrate, like, a knife suddenly just turning out of nowhere, but maybe not. You can still draw that in the next panel. But, but, but like this happened in the show. I, I mean, I've seen it in tw- the show. We've seen him bend knives, like well, yeah, like that, curve them. But and like, like you said, you mentioned bullets. Like he's at the very end of season two when that big battle happens, when Handler brings Layla and the rest of the time agents, right? And in order to cover Number Five's escape into the farmhouse. Um, Diego tells him, go, I'll cover you. And he steps out from this tractor and he just holds his hand out and he stops all these bullets midair. Okay, and yeah. And then he p- pushes them like to the side and they just r- like fly to the side. So I don't, I guess he has telekinesis now. I never understood it. I always thought it was just like he could bend knives really well, like in Wanted, but I didn't know it was like full-blown telekinesis. Well, I'm, yeah, like... Yeah, uh, we. That's definitely a new development. Like yeah. we, we and we haven't seen that before up until this point. But it's it's kind of cool that that happened. I mean, one because like yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. But uh, like it also means that if we want to read into this, it could mean that the other characters, their powers are going to expand as well. And they're going to discover new layers to uh, how deep their powers go, which is really exciting. I'm waiting for Klaus's powers to expand because he has been like in the comic books. He's so OP. Klaus has telekinesis in the comic books. Mm -hmm. He has the power of possessing other people, not just having Ben possess him. He, that's how he kills Hazel and Chacha in, in the comic books. Right. He possesses one of them to shoot the other and then shoots himself. Yeah. And he can like astral project and he can like do all these crazy shit. Um, but I get that like, you know, for development of like plot and things, like if you give somebody too much power, it's really hard to like balance out, you know, the whole deal. Right. Um, but I guess maybe that's why they gave like Diego some of the telekinesis. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, um, no, I, I I agree with you though. Like uh, Klaus, he's definitely due for like a power surge. An upgrade. Yeah, yeah, and especially with Ben being gone because like Ben, I feel like helped him out a yeah. lot. Uh, and, and now that Ben is gone, rest in peace, Ben. Aww. Um he uh, yeah he's one of the true mvps of ben season is, 2 ben really does make the tv show work for me too because in the in the comics he doesn't exist yeah. at all um well he does he's just dead and they don't really show him that much but mm. i love that they gave him a full character in the show right. and they gave him so much depth and backstory and i love that he chose 
to stay with Klaus the entire time, even though he knew he could have left. Right. He made a choice to stay with him. Mm-hmm. And he's just so precious and so sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I love Ben a lot. Yeah. That, that moment where, you know, he whispers, you know, his message to, to Klaus, to Vanya. To Vanya, yeah. And, uh, I was like, oh God. <laughs> I know. I was just like, this is so sad. I like this. That's how you really like pay off like a depth of like the death of a character. It's just so... Right. It's so beautiful because it's like, yeah, he's been dead the whole time, but now he's truly leaving. Like, yeah. And that is very sad. And he saves his sister and he has a moment with his sister of saying like, we never got to say goodbye and like, please hold me. And it's like, you know, very reminiscent of like Spider-Man Endgame. Like, right. I can't. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's like a culmination of so many different feelings and different layers. Like so much is happening in that one moment. So many things are being resolved. Yeah. Like it just feels good. Like, I mean, it's so sad to like watch him finally go uh, into into the ether of whatever violin light was happening. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever lies beyond this. this life yeah. that we're in. Um, but, you know, on, on the other, yeah, it was sad, but it's, you know, like we just said, it, yeah, we think they, they did a great job. They with did a great get, job. Giving him a I really, send off. I really felt very sad. I, I really did. Um, you know what death also weirdly got me? Which one? Was um, the first uh, Swede brother to die. When oh. when they ended that episode with um the, like the Viking funeral kind of thing yeah um and like I mean it was I won't say it was funny it, like it had a tad bit of humor because they all they had was his foot left yeah and so like they put his foot in like that that small boat and then you yeah. know did the the traditional arrow yeah. you know shooting flaming arrow yeah yeah into and, a boat into sea yeah. and, but like. One of the things that sells it for me, like, I mean, I'm what well, we need to talk about the music in this yes. season, uh, because it, yes. it is a huge part of yes. what makes this season so great. Yes. And I guess this is a kind of a, a good jumping off point for yes. that, I guess. I kind of going in a million different Doesn't directions. Doesn't matter. Uh, thanks to me, of course. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the Swedish version of um adele's uh what is it uh um, um, hello or or oh, uh, uh is it someone like you no i can't no, remember what song they the, played that was adele the hello from the other side or whatever oh or, yeah, or however, yeah however that goes yes, uh, yes, but yes, yeah, yes 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 uh yeah it was it was a swedish translated i recognized it yeah no i was like I was like, is you is know that what thing. I think it is? It, it is Adele's. Yeah, and, and then it shows like I always watch uh, shows and movies with the captions on. Yeah. Um. So, uh, it, it's a like Swedish version of Adele's like other side or whatever the fuck that's. I think it's just called. hello. Yeah. Okay. And and, yeah. uh, and I was like, I got all teary eyed like and, and for like the villain. Um. And we didn't yeah. even really get to know the. Uh, we didn't that, get to know. That. It's, I mean, no, none of those three the characters we really get to know. No, that much. they were. I don't really even. They think were, They have speaking. 
They form. had they had they did very few. Mm-hmm. They spoke to the handler, like she was manipulating them, right? Yeah. To to try and, and get um, the rest of uh, the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Um, and again, like they assumed the role of Hazel and Chacha that Hazel and Chacha would have had if they were it in season two, mm-hmm. like in the comic books, because Hazel and Chacha again don't have don't have a lot of depth. They kind of just like go around kill people and try to kill them but end up dying. Right. So as, again, because they brought in Hazel and Chacha into season one of the show from uh, volume two of the book, like they had to fill in the gap. And so they right. filled in the gap with the Swedes. Yeah. Um, and they're essentially, you know, plot device. Like, here you go. Tension is coming. Kill them. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, yeah. I I like them. I think they're cool. Um, very mysterious. Um, love. It was also love the moment when, like, Allison just rumored the other one to kill their brother. I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, that is scary and right. terrifying I, I, and sad. I yeah, I <laughs> no, it was all of those things. Uh, and for a second there, I didn't think that it was going to happen. Like I was waiting for another like climactic moment similar to season one mm-hmm. towards the end where she's about to rumor uh, Vanya, so mm-hmm. she she calms the fuck down, but yeah. then gets her throat sliced open. Yeah you know uh, effectively disabling her only power yeah and so when she opens the door and she's like it's not a good time and she can't even get the full sentence out really yeah. and he like basically he choked, fucking punches he her in punches the throat, her throat which yeah. is so clever i mean like i was like oh shit she's out she's out yeah but i, I was like she can fight she can still fight <laughs> right and that's what it, like i mean I've, all the characters have the 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 combat ability, like mm-hmm. or not ability, like they have combat training. Yeah, um, maybe which, minus Vanya. I don't. I've never seen her throw a punch. Yeah, I've uh, never seen. I, I think she was throw pretty punch. much left out of everything. Yeah, um, the only time I've seen Ellen Page throw punches in X Men the movies, and um, yeah, that like she was Shadow Cat. She was Shadow Cat in in um, X Men Two. Was know? she? Yeah, Ellen Page was in the X Men movies, like the <sighs> early early ones. She like phases through stuff and like. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's her. That, that fact check vaguely me. rings a bell. Show me the Carfax. <laughs> is she is she in X Men Two? Pretty sure Ellen Page was in X Men Two and she was a mutant. And the only other time I've seen Ellen Page like, you know, fight is in. The Last of Us video game, um, except it's not Ellen Page. It's just was X Men Two called X Men Two or was it called it's something X Two? I don't. X, I don't. X Two. Yeah. I could have just looked up Ellen Page you and it would just go. Yeah, but X Two X Men United. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It's not on. Let's go to the full cast. This is making for electrifying radio. Hello, my name is Ian DePriest. And I'm here to fill in the space. <laughs> I'm here to fill in your space. Today we are sponsored by no one. <laughs> that That is correct. Order, we don't have enough downloads yet. Order now and get no one for only $9.99. Zero payments of $9.99. Have you ever experienced no one? 
Simply look behind you. Uh, okay, so she was in X-Men The Last Stand uh, in 2006. Okay, maybe she wasn't in the same Um, And then, yeah, I don't see X2. It's okay. But anyways, she was at some point a villain, uh, not a villain, she was a mutant. Mm-hmm. And she was Shadow Can, she could go through like objects and she could do stuff. Right. That's neither here nor there, and that's why we have like five-hour conversation that was a very unnecessary but, <laughs> that aside, was an un- but unnecessary detour we warned you in advance i hoped you like the ellen page museum um <laughs> anyways tickets are five thousand dollars tickets are send it to my venmo at ian depreece find me on my other fans page yes. or only fans both, both of them my other fans and only fans <laughs> I wonder if other fans is a thing. I don't know. It probably might be, but you should copy copyright it. TMTM. Maybe it, it'll be like the the camboy yes. version of like of uh, things. Sure, I don't know. I mean, like, why not? Really? Why not? I mean, uh, take a so, crazy chance. Yeah, That's you got to make your money somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to the Umbrella Academy. The task um, at hand. What were we speaking of? Oh, we're, um, um, oh, Allison fighting and like people, the, them having like combat training and stuff. Even Klaus doesn't really fight. He kind of just like runs away most of the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a nice segue into um, Allison. Yeah. And her character. Entirely different. Brings a new dynamic to the entire season. I fucking story. loved her in this season. It was good. It was really good. Like, again, because Allison in the comic book is not black. She's a white person in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, so having Allison be cast as a black woman, being a black character and being thrown into the 60s. Right. It, Dallas in the it 60s. It was not great. It was not right. a great time. Right. It, like, um, it, And there was no like introduction like, hey, you're being transported to Dallas in the no. 60s. Like She found out the hard way. Yeah. The, right. Like just dropped there and... Yeah the first place that she runs into is a diner that says like no colored people allowed. And I was like, fuck like, like that. And the, this, the diner sit in scene, like, yeah, that was one of the hardest hitting moments of the season for me. That was a lot. I was very glad that it was represented. And I'm glad that that kind of story is being told, especially in our climate now. Yeah, but like, yeah, I remember, I remember like going to maybe in high school, like or one of those museums or where you know it's like um, I can't remember what museum is called, but essentially a part of the museum that I went to, there was a place where you could do a sit-in, like you you could put on headphones and you sat at a counter and they would play you what it sounded like holy shit when I, you were at a sit-in i don't think i've ever heard of this before. that shit is terrifying oh my god like to hear that sound like because they really like slam the table they really yell in your ear they really do all that shit and just to like see it happen i was just like wow, 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 wow this is a lot and i'm glad that we're still talking not glad that we're still talking about it glad that it's being talked about because it's an important issue to talk about right um because the shit is still happening and yeah it's it's like this uh, like yeah i mean and she actually talks about it like it's part of the dialogue with her husband in the show yeah. like 
he's like, but you said in in two thousand and eight we elected a black president. Yeah. She's like, yeah, and and that's great, but like, shit's still happening. Right. Yeah. yeah like it's still not great. Yeah. Like like it's still a constant battle, and, and I was. I mean, it just wakes you up to the fact, like, yeah. I mean, I I obviously don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah. Being a white man, like, historically speaking, things have <laughs> always gone great for me. Um, but, like, you 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 compare, like, there's, there's this big distance between the 60s and now, but yeah. at the same time, like, it's it's not that it's great not of that, a distance. It's yeah. not that great of a distance. It's not, it's like... Barely, I can't do math. Sixty years, yeah, or I, something. But yeah, like, I mean, like a lot has happened. The people that lived then are still alive now, right? No wonder this shit is still happening. Yeah, exactly. Like, and here's the thing: like when I was when I knew that she was thrown into that situation, my first thought was like, like her husband, why the fuck don't you use your power to fix the problem? Right. You literally can manifest anything. You could literally end you know this movement now or turn the tide and just simply be like i heard a rumor racism doesn't exist like right <laughs> you know <laughs> that'd be great um but again i i think it's the lessons that she learned in season one of, of coming back of like yeah you're using against you're u- turning people against their will yeah are we any better kind of a deal right we shouldn't win this way and, yeah, and, and plus she she wanted to know what it feels like to accomplish things on her own. Yes, without forcing it to be that way. Yes, because that's the thing about her. The dangers of her power is that like she's like, Any, is anything really real? Because that's what her husband said too. He's like, you could have just made me fall in love with you. You could have you know done all these things. And she's like, I would never do that. She's like, I made a mistake like a long time ago. I lost people, and this is why I don't do this. Right. You know? And. Yeah, it was just very powerful to see that. Um, also sad, like, sad that she, like, has a husband and then had to, like, leave him. Like, I understand why she had a husband because, it, especially if you think you're the only one that's stuck in that timeline, you're going to move on with your life. You're going to make the best out of it. So yeah. I see why she married. But the fact that she still has like feelings for Luther, I was just like, yeah, at some point she's got to leave and it's going to be awkward and I don't like it. Yeah. I definitely agreed with, uh, that part of the writing. Yeah. For, for her to, um, I mean, she wanted him to come along with her. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he, he was like, I, I have to stay and fight here. Um, so I, I definitely agree with how that played out. Yeah. I mean, it it seemed to make the most sense for me. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, let's see, Allison, uh, number five. Um, number five. Yes, lots of agitation and aggravation and farting and belching <laughs> and itching and baby powder. Yeah, it was interesting <laughs> to see that happen because that whole like weird like time paradox sickness that they were talking about is so does, funny. It's so funny. It doesn't happen in the books at all. It's right. not a thing in the books, but yeah. it's funny to see it play out. Right, because um, it's... It's something that, like, even, like you just said, it's it doesn't play out in the books, but it's that kind of, like, fantastical, very comical kind of thing that you would expect from the books, yeah. and it's being represented on the screen. Yeah. Like, e- even though it's not something that happened in the source yeah. material, it's it's still fun to, 
you know, like Luther is like, both you guys, like, come the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like the gun and he's like, yeah. Uh, so he just like teleports and like punches him in the stomach and he's like, let's dance. Yeah. And then they have that, uh, um, dancing with myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny and punny and I love it. Yes. Funny and, and punny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the thing is, in the comic books, the difference that happens is that uh, the older version of Five in the comics, that was the moment in time where he chose to betray and leave the time agency. Right. He, he chose to assassinate um, all the time agents that were supposed to kill the president. Right. Um, and that's why in the comics they had to like bring him back because they needed the other number five to stop himself so that they could kill the president and like, you know, all of that. Um, yeah. Number five, number five, I think is, is just fantastic. The, the actor who plays him is just brilliant. Yeah. He's so um, good. He does a, he does a fantastic job. I, I love it. I don't know how like that kid does it, but yeah, like I'm, I feel like, kid actors and i mean he's not a kid like he's a teenager yeah but like kid actors but teenage kid actors can it's it's go not it, I, it's on a whole different level than it was like when we were growing up yeah like like in the 80s and early 90s like i mean looking back and we we may like later on like years down the road we may re-watch stuff like this and be like eh, it's a little like campy and mm-hmm. and like outdated but like we look back at child acting in the 80s and 90s and you're like it's kind of bad yeah like and and, but like deservedly so like (laughs) i mean it's definitely not uh this is definitely not the the really time or place avenue to to talk about (laughs) sure the the weirdness divert again (laughs) uh of um you know forcing your kid into acting or or um like having them grow up because you know, historically speaking, it's uh, it doesn't go well. It, most of the time. It, it it doesn't have a good track record. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I, I think Macaulay Culkin is is like the only one that yeah. made it out alive. Yeah. Um, everyone else, like you know, you think back to child actors that were in like movies. Um, Sean Astin, uh, he's another good example. Yeah. Like he made it out, yeah. like and continued his acting career. But it's been great, right? Um, yeah, he did not get killed in real life by the Demodogs. Um, uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, he, I don't know, he was he was so great. Uh, I mean, his acting and and his performance, and also he bested Lila. That was amazing. It was it was really good. I loved, I loved that whole moment. I also liked the little seeds that they planted of Lila and like her powers that were revealed at the very end, mm-hmm. um, because he did. Like she, he ended up, I think he followed her at some point. There was a scene before where he was following Lila and like trying to stop her. Right. And then they started fighting. He was like, how the fuck are you doing that? Like, because they weren't showing her like blipping and out. She would just be in another part of the room in this like weird warehouse thing. Right. And that's where the handle shows up. And she's like, I bring you a proposition. I'll help get you guys out of here. Yeah. But you got to kill. You got to take your foot off my daughter's neck. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, liked that like little planting of seeds right um so yeah i can't i don't have anything really else to say besides like love his character love how he was portrayed he's always you know on top of shit 
mm-hmm. and is, is he, he's like the parent of kind of like the siblings. grampy father grampy grampy <laughs> grumpy? the grumpy i wanted to say grumpy grandpa right but well, i just put it as one word yeah the, the one that he's like why did i have all these kids i yeah. could have just worn a condom <laughs> yeah he's like youths right um, fucking like seven kids piled in the station wagon he's yeah. like is everyone in like i don't fucking care let's <laughs> hit the road yeah yeah he yeah he's great moving on <laughs> klaus we haven't talked about klaus a lot uh, I kind of want his hello goodbye tattoo on my hands. On your hands? Yeah. I feel um, like that one would hurt and also would just like not age well. Probably not. Because like the skin on your hands, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't uh, know anything no, I, about tattoos, so. No, you, you're pretty much right on the nose. <laughs> okay. I. Not the hand? Uh, I mean, it, when you said that, it kind of jogged my memory because <laughs> yeah. at one point in time I had, uh, I mean, you need to just kind of strike up like conversations with your tattoo artist as you're getting tattooed. Um, and, and they kind of tell you about their stories of tattooing other people and what tattoos like they've had to like kind of quote unquote talk mm-hmm. people out of, mm-hmm. um, not because of the design, because of like the placement and stuff. And I feel like he, one artist talked about how, um, yeah, on the inside of your hands uh, is just because they're constantly moving. Moving. Yeah, it, it would be there's very so many difficult. folds and creases. Right, it would be very difficult for them to heal. I don't think it's impossible. Um, yeah, but I just don't think it'll just like look that great. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I mean, you'd you'd probably have to like get a a, a big splint for your hand to like. You can't touch keep- anything for. F- how long? Like, yeah, I I feel like if you were going to get both hands tattooed, you'd only be able to do one at a time. You would definitely do one at a time. Also, just like, think the amount of times, like, we probably aren't conscious of how many things we touch a day. Oh, yeah. But like, you're touching everything. Right. You need, you need your hands to, to do shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're opening doors, you're touching your face, you're like putting soap on, you're like using a fork and spoon, drinking right. whatever. It's going to hurt. But it, if there was a time to do it, I feel like now would be a pretty good time. I guess, since it is the end of the world. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I I still, uh, I mean, I, I won't do it. I mean, it kind of would be cool for like the outside of your hands. Maybe. I don't know. I I'm Having glad a, a, some sort of hand tattoo is kind of low key been uh, one that I've always wanted to get, but always yeah. terrified uh, yeah. just because of, you know, professionalism in the workplace yeah. and, and how, uh, I don't know, tattoo acceptance is it. becoming a lot more mainstream nowadays. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be, I think, a less big a deal going forward with more and more companies like switching to being remote and, yeah. or, you know, partially remote. Um, <laughs> once again, with the fucking tangents here. Anyways, that was um, uh, brought to you by tattoo companies all over the world. <laughs> uh, not one in particular. Not anyone. Um, just know, the tattoo company. The, t- the tattoo uh, company. But, but yeah, Klaus. Klaus, he, love that he, of course, became a cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> right which it's is so appropriate so hilarious that he just became a cult leader he just kind of fell ass backwards into it, it. it it's yeah it it's just so funny i love 
his crazy like hippie hair Jesus vibes. Yeah, and then um, ripping off all of like the the songs like literally Gloria his scripture yeah. is song lyrics. Yeah, it's just pop music for yes. the ages. He was just like, These are my wise wisdom. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Right. And everyone's like, Oh my god, that is the best piece of, you know wisdom i've ever gotten since buddha or whatever yeah it's just like so funny to me that like that's what happened um he looks great his outfits are great love the fact that he literally in the first episode can summon zombies or ghost zombies to fight for him (laughs) right like that wasn't a thing that he could do in the books but love that it's a thing that he could do in the show yeah Again, in the books, he like he can possess people. He can like astral project. He can use telekinesis and all mm-hmm. of that. But I love where he's at. Um, that he has all these like little ghost friends that help him out and help him do things for sure. Um, because he also like can levitate in the books. Don't know if you know that he levitates around. Yeah. Um. Oh, and his crux in the books is that he can't wear shoes. Like in the in the That's books, right. he always is barefoot. And it, the moment he wears shoes, it nullifies his power. Right. So that's like a weird, like, <laughs> Achilles heel, pun intended, yeah. kind of thing. Right, yeah. That, that doesn't really get brought up at all. It in, doesn't in because show. it's, I guess, not important. Or they're just not going in that direction. Yeah, they, they kind of use um, the his drinking uh, as a way to nullify his power. Right? Yes. Yeah, like, Which is a legitimate reason because he was traumatized as a child by ghosts. Right. And, like, being trapped in a mausoleum for days right yeah <laughs> like, which then, like, i mean yeah also, duh, i would drink myself into a stupor uh, as well if i was plagued by ghosts all the time when i'm not yeah drunken in a stupor and then like you get thrown into an entire war and fall in love with a person the man that you love and then Jesus. see him die and then and then get brought back get to that brought same back to time frame where he's about to go into the army and it's so heartbreaking and to, just to see him like try to stop like the person that he fell in love with go to war and just to have him still go to war anyways it's so heartbreaking and it's also like, like weird like bringing up like time paradoxes right like some maybe some events can't like ever be changed that are meant to happen you know right yeah yeah that's um, that's an interesting interesting point that like no matter what he did he couldn't get him to not go right um and also it was just like at least for me being like you know a gay man very cringy the whole like when the scene in the the same the same diner that apparently the whole fucking town of dallas goes to right yeah. <laughs> like like where like, it's the only diner it's there. the only diner that ever exists it's the only place to uh, go get coffee and pancakes yeah really. where like he confronts him and like i guess his father or his uncle i can't remember is like uh i think it's his uncle okay yeah. the one that is like punch punch you know him because he like he's gay and punch stuff. that faggot yeah it was Something just very, very crude it was very crude and a little in my perspective over the top I would say sometimes, at least to me, it felt weird because it was just like, I understand what the show was wanting to do. Mm-hmm. The show was trying to pull strings and push buttons to be like, you need to feel bad about this person. Right. And see their choices. Mm-hmm. But to me, in a realistic sense of like, if this was happening in this bar or bar in this diner, I feel like the uncle just wouldn't hesitate to attack 
Klaus at all instead of like testing his nephew to punch him. Like it was just a very intense moment. Like like 30 seconds of like punch him, punch him. And then Klaus going like, no, leave, leave. And it's just like a very dramatic, like zooming in like back and forth kind of a deal that I was just like, okay, it's a little campy now. Like I like the moment of like having that pressure put onto the nephew and having him make a choice. Right. But it's, after like the first few seconds of like them yelling, I was just like, okay, when is this gonna happen? It feels a little too much. Yeah, it did seem like it, it, like it didn't have to escalate for that long a duration. Yeah, uh, it, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just again, you know, as a gay man, like seeing that happen is just like, okay, don't need to live trauma. Like, yeah, it, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, like if you went back and rewatched it and like set a stopwatch and like timed yeah. that that duration, yeah, like you kind of said, it probably doesn't seem as long as it, it feels. But I mean, since I mean, it, it's you know it obviously just, more poignant for you, and and it it it, it, it cut th- in a it, different way than than it did for me. It did. I mean, like again, I understood what the what was happening. And I think, like, personally, I think it would have been effective, if not more effective, if it wasn't just so, like, zoomed in and, like, pressured. Sure. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If it was... Because I felt like it was, like, trying too hard to be, like, okay. look at how terrible this uncle is and, like, how, like, rampant homophobia is. Like, I think it was trying too hard, per se, but I also might be wrong. Like... I feel like realistically the uncle would have been like, since you're not going to punch him, I'm going to do it myself. And then, you know, but then it takes away from the character moment that that boy has. Right. So like, I get it. Like it was trying to build that moment, but I was just like, I think it took me out of the, the scene a little bit when it was just like pushing. Right. Um, But I, I did like the beginning exchange between Klaus and his uncle, Dave's uncle, where um, especially the line where he's like, um, he's like, oh yeah, he, he bought paint from the store the other day and he's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I got some pink paint for the bathroom and he's like, pink paint, that makes sense. And he's like, you know, uh, uh an argument could be made that pink is very masculine and I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I, like I used to be a f- like petrified of wearing pink back yeah. in high school, like uh, I went to, I think we may have talked about this, but I went to Catholic high school and we could wear blue, yellow. The Pescatarian high school. <laughs> the Catholic <laughs> high school, the Pescatarians. Yeah, yeah um, I know that one. The blue, white, yellow, or pink shirts. and Blue, white, or yellow, or pink. Yeah. Um, Interesting choice of colors. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I definitely did not rock a pink shirt. And I was terrified I get too it. because of reasons that you can imagine. Because of like what we're taught as a society that like pink equals femininity. And if you're a man and you're a feminine, you equal like a gay person. Right. And that equals weakness. It's just all ingrained in society. Yeah. And it's just so fucking stupid. Right. And um, yeah. And, and it's, yeah. So, but I mean, I, I own a lot of pink now. Like I, I, I love the color pink and I love how it looks on me. Like I think I have a good yeah. skin tone for pink. Um, but that's that's just me. Pink was never my color. I was never attracted to me. I did love Pink Power Ranger. 
and you know, uh, yeah, I did too. <laughs> for different reasons. I I think yes, but I think so anyways, too. that's a tangent. Coming back, this this tangent um, is brought to you by nineteen uh, nineties Power by Rangers. The color pink, <laughs> right? And and Kimberly, the and pink Kimberly, Power Ranger. Kimberly, yes, yes. Uh, but Who? yeah, Klaus um, loved his weird journey of being. Um, a cult member, a cult member, or love, leader. Yeah. Also, love the moments that he has with his siblings, like, like when Allison, when he finally finds Allison, and they meet, and they like are right. just like hugging and chilling by the pool, and you know, that was supporting each moment. other, and right. just like getting drunk together, and even when like Vanya finally comes into the fold later, yeah, and it's just like you know they have that moment in the salon, and yeah. they're just dancing, and it's so fun and wholesome, and it's just like. It's a nice, like, levity. And I think that's what makes the show weird, too. Like, the style... Like, Umbrella Academy feels like this because Umbrella Academy takes random moments and makes them into music videos. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just like, does this moment need to happen? Not really. We don't have to have this, like, three-minute song of them just dancing in, you know... But it's also significant to the plot and also significant as a metaphor of, like, what's happening, mm-hmm. which is why I love it. Because, again, the way they use sound in the show and just, like, portray everything. And yeah. Yeah, we, we... I mean, we haven't really gotten to it yet, but... But, you know, I, I brought it up uh, a little while ago. And, of course, we just brought it up here. Like, music plays a huge part. In, yeah. I mean, it, it played a, a pretty big part in season one. Um, just the soundtrack and the, the music choices that they made. Yeah. But it, I felt like it played a much bigger part in season two. Yeah. Uh, and the choice of music was was spot on. Yeah. Um, it gives me like a little like Guardians of the Galaxy vibe for sure. You know? Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's, it's almost part like, of the show, right? Like, it's almost like they hired James Gunn to come <laughs> in and choose what music would be most appropriate. Yeah, they're like, here's the script, read it, and tell us what music we yeah. should use. I I love it. I love that it's incorporated into yeah into all of it. Yeah. Um. So shall we talk about Ben or Vanya next? Um, we talked about Ben a little bit. Um, should we leave Ben last? Shall we talk about Vanya? Yeah, let's do Vanya. Okay. Um, our favorite lesbian. Our favorite. Well, bisexual. Oh, it, it, so she. Uh, what? What is the um, indication that she is bisexual? My okay. So here's my reasoning. In the first season of Umbrella Academy, her she falls in love with that dude, the villain. Oh, of Umbrella Academy. In season one. I'm just going to go jumping yeah. on coming traffic. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's bad. why I was like, bisexual. Love by representation. Um, I love it. I love that. Also, like, I want to, I hope she kept that white suit she came in to. Like, oh, when yeah, she felt, fantastic. when she teleported into, like, the, into the 60s and she got hit by that car. She was in that white, like, concert outfit. Yeah. And I hope she kept it and brought it back because that was, like, on point i really it's hard to rock a white suit and when you do it it's brilliant she um she pulled it off like a boss it was was so good but um story like again in the book in the comic books doesn't exist vanya vanya doesn't get a lot of story in the comic books besides being like the villain of the first comic the first volume and kind of somewhere growing in volume three yeah she's she basically just gets all these little asides with 
with the mom. Like the yeah. mom's not dead. Uh, yeah. Like, like she dies in volume uh, one and, or uh, season in, one, in season one of the show. She's definitely not dead. Yeah. Um, in, in, in the, the comic books. books, the mother is still alive in the comic books. The mother actually takes Vanya away from um, the umbrella Academy, like rehabilitates her and brings her to a quote unquote new family or brings her home. Right. Like she takes her to Norway. Yeah. In, in, I think, volume three. This is like potentially next season stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, season three stuff. But in the comic books, the mom takes her there and shows her to an entire new group of people called the Sparrows, which we will talk about later. Yep. And apparently, like, she's home, quote unquote, with the Sparrows. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what that means because there's not been a volume written after and I don't know what that means for the show either because they might take a different route and I think they will take a different route because she in the show Vanya definitely has been integrated back into the family has really rebuilt those connections um, and is really loved and loves her family now Mm -hmm. whereas in the books she is very much still apart from them still feels separated still feels bad about what she's done to the world and feels like you know a nuisance you know like yeah. she's not wanted did you know uh, that a volume four is coming i don't know if there is i haven't there, really no i was stating oh there, there is that was a statement not yes. a question uh, no i did not know. i i can't remember i i just recently saw it uh, somewhere but, i but yeah it's very excited for it mm-hmm. it probably will play some part into you know the show of season three uh of umbrella academy but Anyways, back to the show. Vanya in the show gets revealed later as a bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some like flirting vibes even in the earlier episodes of like when they were in the barn together. Right. I got some vibes. I was just like, ooh, okay. I, I definitely, I, I guess I wasn't paying attention enough because I didn't pick up on those flirty it was bisexual weird. vibes up until like the moment before it happened, like I, when they were sitting on the couch and, and things were like, I was like, wait, are they about to get it on? Like, yeah, it was, I think for me, it was like, I wasn't sure. I, when I first saw it, I was just like, could be flirting, could not, because we haven't really established and I don't know where this is going. Right. Also, she like, could just be happy to have someone to talk to, like, the, uh, and I'm referring to, um, what, what's, what's the character's name? Um, I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. Fuck. I can't. I can't believe I can't. I forgot her name. Um, I, I uh, want to say oh, it's like a uh, J. Or Missy, something. right? Sure. Is, isn't it Missy? Missy Elliott. Uh, Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, keep going and, and I'll figure Anyways, it out. Um, in, in the show, Vanya gets hit by a car when she um, falls into the 60s and is driven by this woman and her son um later to be revealed as like you know kind of i guess they live on a ranch sissy sissy um and they kind of take her in and vanya has amnesia she doesn't remember what has happened right and what she did and that she caused the apocalypse last time um kind of reminiscent to the books in that sense um but now she's starting to like try and figure out like she's trying to bring back her memories and figure out who her family is right and uh, like you in the beginning, like I definitely saw Sissy as like a mother. Like she was definitely giving me mom vibes. Right. And 
that's why I was at first like when they were talking in the barn I was like is she flirting but she's also like our caretaker so I don't know how I feel about this yeah but she like she and you know that she's older but like not that much older maybe like a half a generation apart yeah that's why I definitely was like when that moment happened of them like kissing I was just like oh oh oh, oh. cool 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 we are actually here yeah like I wasn't sure but we're here um, I was all for it. I was a, I was a, yeah. about it. I, I liked it. I liked... The more representation, the better. Honestly, true. Um, and yeah, it was... I love the moment. I love that she has... Like, like Vanya has a connection with um, the boy. Uh, I can't remember the boy's name now. Uh, Har- Harlan. Harlan. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love, you know... Just like the whole entire dynamics and and of what's happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like the connection that even before she ha- she ends up consequently passing on part of her powers to him. Even before that, she yeah. she has this kind of connection to him. Like, I mean, like yes, he's an only child, and she grew up with six other siblings or yeah. five other siblings. Yeah. But like, she. Even though she had other siblings, she at the same time didn't. Yeah. Because, like, she she was sequestered from yeah. everyone once, you know, uh, Reginald figured out that her powers couldn't be tamed. Yeah. So she knows exactly what it's like to be, like, feel so isolated and, yeah. and alone um, and, and young like that. Yeah. Um, I think, um, one, love the fact that she created a crop circle. Right. I thought yeah. it was so funny. I was just like, oh, she created, she yeah, created and, a and, crop circle. Right. And, and and five, just so like uh, nonchalantly, he's like, good to see that your powers are back. Yeah. Or and like, like your powers up. weren't affected. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And they just uh, like the camera pans out. Yeah. And you see like she just blasted all yeah, this corn. She made a crop circle. Right. Fuck um, that corn. Also, don't know how the fuck she transferred power. Like, I don't know how that works. That's my other gripe. Bringing some gripes back. Mm-hmm. Gripe three, I guess. I mean... Like, doesn't explain how it happens that this weird orb energy goes into... Like, she was resuscitating him because he ran away because he got scared. Or I can't remember what happened. But he ran away and then fell into a lake and drowned, essentially. Right. And in order to bring him back, she, like, gave him CPR and she had I, to part the seas first. She, or, well, I mean, she re- basically just lifted the entire she, pond yeah, out through sound waves, lifted the water. Yeah. And then like took him out of the, the pond and then like resuscitated him. And I guess in that process somehow gave part of her power to him. Right. And I don't know. It doesn't explain it. And I don't think they will. And I think it's just I don't something care. you have to accept. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, on it, like. But the yeah. the person in me just wants to know why. Or sure, how. I get that. I'm just like your your powers are sound. How does how does that transfer? Like, yeah, I, I mean, guess part of me wants to know too. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, whatever. Like, why not? Yeah. I mean, like, you already have to. There's already so many elements of suspending your disbelief yeah uh, the only reason i can think of again is to tie to plot because like without her get transferring powers to harlan he wouldn't be creating the fucking event in the last episode where he's just like you know like terror creating a giant ass storm in the barn and like we don't know how to control him and blah 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 right 
Um, yeah, I, I think they were less focused on explaining why and more focused on kind of like what you were saying uh, in a couple parts uh, or a couple times previously about like planting seeds yeah. um, to the possibility of seeing Harlan again in yeah. the future, maybe in, in season three. Probably seeing in the future because at the end of the episode, again, he's still like levitating shit with his hands, right? Like in right, the car yeah. when, yeah, the, when yeah, they're we, driving that's away. That's definitely to part of like the main uh, like cliffhangers. Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll see. We'll see how that comes into it. So I, I guess literally planting a seed in, in yeah. Harlan. All right. Um, uh, love the dynamic of the, the, the story of Sissy being a trapped housewife and mm-hmm. being also having those feelings. And again, more complicated stories and of women like showing like, yeah, like she is saving up money and keeping it from her husband because he's not a great person mm-hmm. in, just in case she has to disappear with her son. Right. And, like, he's also, like, a terrible dude. And it's just, like, you know. And, and, I mean, like, the amount of guts that it must take to to do that in that time period. Yeah. To, like, the guts to not only save that money, but, like, like keep it in the house. And, yeah. and risk, like, it being found. Because from what I remember, she wasn't. She was keeping it in a discreet place, but it was like in a can. Yeah, like it was in a place that could definitely be like stumbled upon. Pretty sure it was in a can under the sink. I mean, like like, (laughs) maybe it was a little bit. I'm, I'm maybe reading or looking into this too deep, but you know, traditionally speaking, back then, especially in more conservative, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, states like Texas anywhere in the south really yeah um the only thing that a man really did in the kitchen was like ask his wife why dinner wasn't ready yet yeah i mean so so the man really didn't have any business being in the kitchen so i mean i guess I, I'm, plus I'm, that, I'm, I'm probably reading too no, much into I mean, it but you're kind of right in that trope sense and also like that her husband was that man he for sure didn't really care about his wife he, He's a fucking showerhead he, salesman. He literally doesn't care about his son. Thinks his son needs to be thrown into a facility and locked away. Which, I mean, to be fi- like... His son definitely needs psychiatric help, probably. And, I don't and know. And that is kind of what they did back then. And I mean, the, again, a lot of the time. The like, help, yeah, the help that, you know, people... The mental health community was not great back then yeah and i mean so i they didn't explicitly state in the show uh what he has what what harlan has Mm -hmm. i personally think it's autism same i agree i i mean it like it it feels all all signs point to some 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 somewhere on the spectrum yeah uh very deep into the severe side yeah uh because of his outbursts um and how they get violent yeah Um, i mean you know both my kids are autistic they're not that severe yeah but they do have tantrums and meltdowns that yeah resemble that yeah like i said not 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 that severe but anyways but yeah you mean they don't create storms above your house uh not yet i'm okay. hoping that it doesn't really ever get to okay, that point cool. um it, but if it does 
may God have mercy on my soul and yeah. may he have mercy on uh, uh, me and, and, and attack my enemies with yes, his powers. by um, the Presbyterian Church. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, this. Yeah, I mean, just to, I guess, play devil's advocate, if that's the right way to put it, like that kind of like what you were saying, lim- options were like limited back mm-hmm. then. Autism was brand new. Like it was only f- like quote unquote, founded in like the forties. Yeah. Um, like it was coined then. And so like the shit was, they did to people in psych wards is fucked up. Yeah. Really fucked up. And yeah. So Lobotomies, under- shock therapy. Yeah. It's terrible. I understand why like, you know, Sissy didn't want her son to be thrown there because mm-hmm. she knew exactly what would happen and she was doing her best to protect him and raise him. Yeah, and, and I, that's why she pulled that fucking shotgun on her Yeah, husband. and I, I loved it. I love... Again, I think a lot of... The themes of the show is all about family, you know? For sure. Like, how dysfunctional a family can be, how fucked up we all are, and what family does to you, and what happens in a family. And it's all... You see it in... The handler and Lila, mm. you know, she was stole. Lila was essentially stolen from her family and raised by this crazy psychopath woman. Yeah, and she's just like, "You're my mother, but you lied to me." What? And then you have this the dysfunctional family of the Umbrella Academy, and then you see this other family, you know, stuck in the South, in like traditional roles in, that are really conservative and in the very hard situations. And it's just like, what do you do? Everyone's you know, in a really tight, tough situation. And it's yeah. hard to, hard to, you do the best you can, I guess. For sure. And it's hard to like live that those kinds of life. And I think that's why, again, we, I think Umbrella Academy works. Um, Most definitely. Because like, it's about that. Yeah. It, it And it like kind of continuing on with that point, it hits home with so many people like it's is shedding light on all the imperfect parts of all of their relationships and their fa- family dynamics because no family is perfect like yeah. i mean in in shows and movies like sometimes you see like the the perfect family what seems like the perfect family yeah. um or you know you you hear a lot nowadays like you're um what you see on Facebook, yeah. like that's so surface level. Like yeah. you, you, you only see like the good stuff. And, um, when really everyone, like everyone struggles, everyone struggles. And, and so it's, uh, kind of like what you were saying, it's very important to shed light on this dysfunction, uh, mm-hmm. uh between all these different characters yeah. in, in the show and, and in the season, because, yeah. It's it's important to realize that no one's perfect and yeah. no one's family dynamic is perfect and like forgiveness is an essential part of yeah being a human yeah um next let's talk about Ben yeah, before, after the heavy shit let's talk about Ben right before we go into I guess Reg, Sir Reginald Hargreaves um, yeah Ben I love his moments he is the conscience he is the soul he i love that he fell in love with this cult girl and possessed (laughs) possessed um klaus just to be with this cult girl yeah and the freaky shit they got into all way before like i was just like wow y'all are just having having sex with 
and all sorts of places with everybody. Right. And yeah. I was just like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they um, were like, uh, what about last week in the uh, in the three way sex swing or yeah. whatever? And I was just says. like, oh, poor Ben. He just like found his love, and now she's just saying like, yeah, we already had sex. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, it it was really sweet. Um, love that he came to save the day. That he prevented the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. He was the one. Um, because essentially in this in the season, apocalypse has happened because Vanya is captured um, by the FBI because they think she's a Russian spy because mm-hmm. you know bullshit, and her her name is Russian. So right. Also, that's and, I mean just a, a quick aside that sequence where uh, they you you're first introduced in that scene where they have her strapped down in the chair and her yeah. feet are in in the water, water and and they give her i'm pretty sure it's lsd um yeah because like that was i mean his like this is historically accurate yeah they uh they tested these uh psychotropic drugs like lsd mushrooms nice. um uh mdma uh just all these drugs that like we we still have and and are yeah. you know have evolved to much higher doses yeah but like they were brand new then and so they just tested on random people oh back God. then and and so that's that's pretty much so when she looks down and sees all the eyeballs that she has her feet in yeah like that's i mean yeah. i yeah that was really trippy and i felt really bad and i was just like why why but another great song choice like the uh um i forget i think it's like called pepper or salt and pepper or something like that by the so. butthole surfers yeah like i mean i think i don't know if the butthole surfers were like a one-hit wonder i don't know um they were kind of sort of but not really before my time mm. like they were they were like a i think a early 90s band and um <laughs> yeah they that one song gets airplay on the radio yeah. But I've never heard any other song by them. But I did know that song. And I like when I heard it, I was like, this is a fucking perfect song choice for this moment. Like, because it's so chill. And yeah. it's something that you would listen to if you're like, okay, I'm on mushrooms right now. I'm pretty sure I'm on mushrooms. And I need to listen to some music. Like, I feel like that's the perfect song to like put on. That's funny. Um, I have never been there, but. I will take your word for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never done mushrooms uh, but uh, or ecstasy. Um, only smoked weed. And uh, so... Uh, I don't know all, any of that. I, I do not do the recreations <laughs> that you speak of. Sure. I uh, mean, it's... I think they do a pretty good job, in at least in that scene, of... Uh, what's the right word um simulating yes what uh what you might see i would imagine i could only imagine yeah but yeah she again causes the apocalypse i guess because vanya's cursed or something right but, like, and then ben coming in vip yeah mvp vip elemental what did i say M- vip holy shit Both mvp he is a very important person and the most valuable yes person. he is the most valuable mvp or uh, most valuable VIP, <laughs> VIP MVP. Um, I love it. I love that he. You get to see him save the day, kind of possess her, and like 
go into this weird like mind palace that she has i guess that right. she's just trapped in a white violin because i guess it's representative of who she's supposed to be but um yeah i think uh, what i got from that was that that's supposed to be like her mind during those moments where she goes like all super saiyan or yeah. whatever um where she basically loses control yeah um, and, and just uh, has the most difficult time reeling it back in. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where she goes in her mind. Yeah. And, and he was able to being, you know, what, whatever, a ghost, you know, he yeah. was able to physically her back. go there. Yeah. yeah. And, and pull her back. I assume because it was established that he like learned how to possess. So I was just like, I assume right. he possessed her, went into her mind. and was like, Hey, I'm going to bring you back. I love you. But I, I can't stay and I gotta go. And it was really, really sad. And it was a perfect moment, even though it was really sad. Right. Um, Now, uh, with him going, was, I can't remember, was that a consequence of... It uh, felt like a consequence of him going into her and, like, bringing her back. Like, I don't know why. Again, it didn't explain. It it had that feeling, but I don't think it was. Like, I think he... Because they had that scene of, um, I think it was in the very next episode where, uh, in like the, I guess if you want to call it a cold open, mm-hmm. where it cuts back to Ben's funeral, yeah, um, back at the mansion, um, you you see Ben appear and mm-hmm. and, uh, and Klaus, you know, they they have yeah. the, their interaction and he, he's like, you know, I, I was. Uh, He's like, oh, you don't have to go to the light or whatever. Yeah. And then it turns out that he was too afraid. Yeah. Um, so I think that has a bigger part uh, or plays a bigger part in. I think it does. I also, it's, that's my other gripe. Some things are just never really like explained and just you're supposed to accept about the show, which I get. But like it implied like through some weird reason that her power was burning him up because he was like emanating light from his body and he was like crumbling into dust light you know like starlight mm-hmm. and then uh, to make the point matter was because that he had is the comment that he told her before he left he's like I need you to leave class a message from me mm-hmm. and was the fact that like I could have left a long time ago I was just too afraid and I wanted I'd rather stay with you yeah and that's what made it touching I don't know if it necessarily has how much weight it has with him like whether he chose to leave or whether he was forced to leave because of Vanya's powers but I think he I was know. finally choosing to leave okay uh, I, I think yeah uh, especially having that cathartic moment with um with the the girl the black girl from the the cult mm-hmm. um you know being able to roll around in the dirt because you know as he leaves the backstreet boys are playing yeah um, he he's like uh, he's yelling after that bald dude that that gets a couple scenes in yeah. the the season he's like tell uh, tell what's her name that rolling in the, in the dirt was the best moment of my life um <laughs> So, so yeah, I, well, I, I agree. Actually, I disagree. Sorry. Okay. That's a, that was a lie. I think like, because it feels like a sacrifice, like, you know, like what he did feels like a sacrifice that he knew that he wouldn't come back from it. So I felt sure. like he knew the cost was his life in order to interact with her because otherwise, like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like his character would still want to stay with Klaus as much as he could. I think 
up until this point, he hasn't really faced the fact that like he could truly just die or things could kill him mm-hmm. until he interacted with like Vanya's mind powers or whatever. Mm. But again, that doesn't explain. It leaves so much room to explain like what the fuck her powers does besides sound. You know, uh, so. they they probably didn't resolve it so you and I could have this fucking conversation. Great. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> if if. It was if that and like the other things that we've discussed were resolved, we would have been done fucking talking like two hours ago. Yes, but we're not. You're right. And we still have something <laughs> to cover before we finish. I'm yeah. so sorry. No, no, it's it's great. Um, let's let's cut to to Reginald. Reginald Hargreaves. So Reginald yeah, Hargreaves. We we got to see him do a little bit of uh, knife action, a little he, bit of combat. Yeah, I've been waiting for him. I love that they give him so much more depth in the show because he's yeah. always a mystery in the books. Right. In the books, he you know he's an alien. You know he was a terrible person. Mm-hmm. But like, what did he do? What's the purpose? Why Why is he bringing Right. It's, it's just like uh, the most he ever got fleshed out was like he's an alien and he's a dick. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And so it, it was really nice to see him like plan shit out to see him in this weird like cult group men's club thing right it's just like oh there these are like weird powerful men that are really shady and are manipulating the world because they want certain things to happen for them right and one of them manipulated it so that they jfk would die and reginald hargreaves actually didn't want that to happen he was just like i you promised me this didn't and they were like well fuck you and so yeah that it that scene at the very end it, it kind of to me, it alluded to the the idea or, or possibility that Reginald is kind of like above all of them. Like yeah. in terms of like his rough exterior and yeah. he's very like crass and calculating. Yeah. But at the same time, like he's fair. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, it might not seem like he's fair. No, but... I think he's pragmatic. Right. Like he will make the most effective choice possible right but i feel like his character has always been like emotions don't mean a thing to me yeah what it means what means anything to me is the outcome so he will get the outcome he wants or he will try to right in any kind of way he can yeah and i also love the nod to the books the whole entire sequence of like him taking that weird flesh mask off right yeah and then like putting it on the chair yeah when i that shot is a rem like a, a callback to the like first few pages of volume one where they said like he's an alien right and you just see a flesh mask of his face yeah and actually we never get to see his face in the book so it was weird to see him like alien out yeah like in in the show yeah yeah when i saw that i was like holy shit i totally fucking forgot he was an alien yeah. like this whole time like and yeah. so it you know, we we've touched on that a couple times. You know, mostly earlier on in the episode, but uh, you know, we talked about how they they brought some of those like otherworldly aspects yeah. into season two from from the comic books. Yeah, um, and, I mean, they, they had no choice. They were time traveling again, and then they got a fish for a villain that <laughs> that was right. disappointing. And then right, had- <laughs> um, I think my favorite scene with reginald was his one-on-one with five at the bar ah yeah yeah, yeah. i forgot um, about that entirely th- thank yeah, you yeah i that was one that was even better uh on the second time like 
I, I, I got more out of it. And like just the ending of their, their conversation where he's like, like cheers old man or whatever. And just like at that point, him accepting the truth of, of all this and, um, well, and he also gives advice to Five. Right, yeah. He, he, he gives, basically gives, like, the same advice he gave uh, very sternly in season one, right? He was Where, just like, stop fucking with time. You're going to jump and you're going to get lost. And then... Yeah, and, and then he says... This like, time start, he was just like, instead of starting so big, start small. Right. Like, con- instead of jumping, like, years, try seconds. Yeah. And that's what saves all of them in the end of the season right that's what they call a callback yes yeah yeah it's what's called foreshadowing right (laughs) um and uh so yeah i i thought that was i mean the whole dinner scene was great love Um, the dinner scene and then like at the very end when he gets up to leave he's like all right i had enough and luther is like he slams his fist down on the table gets up and rips his shirt off (laughs) like i think my favorite part of that part was Allison's face. Like she just like covers her mouth. She's, She's like, like oh, what? oh no. God. Like this transcended to a whole nother level. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, on the, the elevator ride, she's like, I can't believe you stood up to dad like that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing because number one has always been loyal. Number one has always He's, been by the book. Yeah. Like he a daddy's would, boy. He never like, you know, re- like rebelled against him. He followed every right. single order and then he realized, oh, he still didn't care. Yeah, he, he he's like the me. the second son in the prodigal son story. Yeah, like the one that stays home. Yeah, basically. Yeah, uh, that's that's essentially who he is. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that whole dinner scene was great. Uh, everyone like showing off their powers. Um, I I loved Vanya's part because it showed how she does have some control over yeah. her powers that she's just not a chaotic mess all the yeah. time when it comes to her powers and yeah. she has zero control. Yeah. Um so I I think going forward in in season 3 we're going to get we're going to see her um showing more and I, more control. I want yeah, I want to see more of her control. I also want to see her like use she probably won't do this because Ellen Page is not a violinist, as you if you remember season one and like her playing the violin so mm-hmm. awfully. Um, <laughs> sorry, Ellen Page, love you, but that was not great violin playing. Not, um, not good. Even uh, miming. You, you definitely tried, but it did not work. Um, but I really kind of want her to like use the violin as an actual conduit of her power because. Mm-hmm. I liked it in the comic books when that's what she does. And she like plucks a string from it and it explodes an entire building or she like plays, like pulls a note from it. And it like, I would love to see that in half. Yeah. Like I want to see that kind of control, but I know it's going to take a while. And I, it's probably not going to happen because it's too like comic booky. It's too like, it's like a weird, like conduit of a violin. Whereas like, let her be like, you know, she just blasts things from her body and turns white, you know. I I can um, see it, see something like that happening. I hope it happens. Maybe I just want to see it. I want it. I really yeah. want her to. I want it a, in my soul. I really want her to pick up a, another violin, make it white, and then like just use it as a conduit to channel her powers better. Right. Um. Don't know if it'll ever happen, but probably, it should. It should. I heard a rumor that it will. <laughs> I uh, see what you did there. Thank you. <laughs> just call me Allison. Uh, <laughs> but anyways. Uh, I hope that happens, but probably won't. 
But speaking of season three, um, wrapping up, they they save the apocalypse. Um, oh, Layla, Leela, whatever. Lila. Lila. I can't say her fucking name. I don't know It why. just goes to show how much you love her character. It goes to show how much <laughs> I, yeah, I love her so much. Yeah, we um, really, I mean, we really haven't talked about her a whole lot. And... She was fine. She, I think, will appear, she, again, I think is there to add more depth to the characters, specifically Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, it she, was fun to find another, like, lost member I of think, the quote-unquote family. Yeah, I think she was there to plant seeds to bring in the new members of the Sparrow Academy. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's cool to have somebody outside of that and be like, these they are the random people. They have powers, and this is what they can do. Um, her reveal was... Her reveal of her powers was interesting. Um, definitely forgot that she could copy powers um at all like yeah it was so subtle that i forgot and i think kind of well done but also like i think if they actually showed her blipping in and out when she first fought five it was it would be too like too much like right it was enough of a hint to be like huh what's happening with her maybe she can just teleport because she's yeah, part of the time agency I, I definitely didn't pick up on that i mean maybe i just wasn't paying I knew close she was, enough attention i but. knew she was teleporting somehow but it wasn't the same kind of teleportation that he was doing so i've just figured right because she was with the agency that she could just do it it yeah. didn't register to me that she was copying him. yeah it just kind of like subtly flew under the radar yeah so it was nice to it was a shock it was a reveal i get i get why they did it because Mm -hmm. of the reveal yeah um that like suddenly she can copy powers and we're like oh shit um at first i thought my first initial reaction was like wait is she actually like vanya i thought like vanya is just the space alien that like has other species like her and like leela layla whatever fuck her name is 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 one of those species that she has the same power or like somehow she's she because again i was just like with the whole transferring of power from vanya to um the boy um i thought like she somehow got that kind of essence somewhere in space or something sure and i was like wait is she her and then it wasn't her like um that it was revealed later when she was fighting you know luther like she's also super strong and then the moment of the real like gasping moment pun intended of her fighting allison one my first gripe is allison why the fuck are you always not using your voice first i think it was totally unnecessary for allison to have a fist fight with lila there we go i think that i said her name right Mm -hmm. with lila ever like i get it i get it's to build the 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 rising action or or the moment and the scene sure up to the point of like oh my fucking god she used her own power against her like i get it but totally unnecessary because you're allison your job literally is to shut people down real quick is like hey i heard a rumor you died like you know that would have been the thing sure but instead they were like let's give a minute like choreographed fight sequence and then we will reveal that she used it on her i don't know i i dug it like i one moment that always stands out to me is when she goes uh toe-to-toe with 
um, cha-cha in season one down in the it's like that basement area or whatever in yeah um, in, in the the mansion or whatever yeah and I always think about that when it comes to like the combat portion of or side of of the show I well here's why I liked it then I liked it then in season one because Allison at that point made it a fact that she would not use her powers like she made a pact with herself that she would never ever use them again and it was in her character's belief that she's like i can't use it i used it already i'm trying to be a better person i will never ever use this so this is not a desperate situation i'm just going to fight Mm -hmm. you know whereas like now she's grown a little bit more and she's actually started to use them her powers again for good yeah because the only time allison ever used her powers in season one was to try to stop vanya and that was because vanya was getting out of hand right and she was like please don't force me to do this. please don't force me to do this and then she did whereas in season two it started happening more because she was just like i need to I can use this for good now. I'm not as afraid. I can also get my husband a suit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can like fuck racism, you know? Yeah. Like, and so that's why I was just like, why doesn't she just like immediately, you know, like try? But I I can see both sides. I see like, yeah, fighting, yeah. fighting first. I understand then, where you're coming from. And then like maybe struggle and then like, okay, it's time to do the thing. Right. But it definitely was like. It was shocking. I was just like, oh shit, she's going to die now. How is she going to die? She's going to die. She's she's going to die. My favorite character is just going to die. And then um, Luther saved her and like like breathed into her and she was fine. Yeah. Um, And then the whole fight with, again, number five again. And then the whole entire thing of, you know, um, they almost turned Lila against her mother. They revealed it and then handler just doesn't give a fuck she's like fine i'll just kill you too girl she's like i, I got like 40 other kids to find so <laughs> what a raging see you what? next tuesday and insane that's why i guess that's why people love the handler and that's why i feel like they brought her back but still think i thought carmichael could have done the same role mm-hmm. but still outfit is on point she looks great yep um, at least there's that there's that and then Lila escapes and she probably will come in season three at some point she took the briefcase and like disappeared through time um yeah she'll be back yeah but anyways leaving the last bit of the story um yeah they saved the world they are going back because they I guess did they they killed all of the time assassins I don't know if all of them, but she definitely summoned, Handler summoned all of them. She was like, I need all available agents to come. Right. And like, I don't know if they're dead dead. They were just on the ground. It didn't show them bleeding or anything. So I don't know what the deal is. But like, they just took one of the briefcases and then like, peace out and went home. Yeah, they definitely weren't moving. They weren't moving. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Um, But they get home. They're like, oh, we stopped the apocalypse. Yay. And then they're like, wait, the house is different. Why is Ben's like portrait on the mantelpiece? And he's basically number one. Ben is number one. Edgelord Ben, emo Ben is number one. Very much emo Ben with the the Pete Wentz. Yeah. in In the Sparrow Academy. And also, guess what? Reginald Hargreaves is alive still. Mm-hmm. He did not die. 
and he's just like this is my group of people and this is what happens when you fuck with time when you go back and you change things and you tell your your dad that you're his father or that you're their children right he's, he's like, like well I, I guess i fucked up i better start another academy yeah he's just like i guess i'll do it um very excited for the sparrows mm-hmm. um here's another thing that they've been doing for the show they've been pulling a lot of things ahead of time when they should shouldn't have been so for example in season one they pulled hazel and chacha from volume two into season one right ahead of time because they needed it i don't know if they wanted to feel it fill plot and develop characters or if they needed to um they did this again in season two with the sparrows the sparrows don't show up until the end of volume three right and they only show up because the umbrella academy was about to lose and die and they show up out of nowhere and save the umbrella academy Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're the sparrows, and it looks like they're the better of the two teams. Right, that they're the more like wholesome, quote unquote. Family. Right, we're the yeah, we're the actual functional family. Yeah, it, I think the, it's like where we we love each other. <laughs> yeah, I think the sparrows, at least in the comic books, are revealed to be like this foil to the Umbrella Academy. That, mm-hmm. that they're like functional, that they love each other, and that they're so united. Um, I don't know if they're gonna be in the fourth volume if it will be actually like that i suspect not um at least i feel like on the outside it'll be pristine and nice that we're a good family but behind the scenes probably not sure um but also at the same time in the comic books that's when vanya goes to they take vanya in because they're like welcome home you're the part of the sparrows so obviously they can't do that at least i don't think they're gonna do it in season three of umbrella academy yeah i I mean it wouldn't really necessarily make sense unless they found uh, some way to rewrite it. I mean, like the, she has amnesia in season two, just Mm -hmm. like in, in the book, but in the book, she's also like away from everyone. She is, which she's not uh, here. Right. Which, um, makes sense in the story to allow her to go off. Like, I mean, no one's awaiting her arrival. Yeah. Um, so she's free to kind of go and do whatever she, she wants in the comic. Right. Whereas like in the show, she's basically accepted back she, into the family. Now. Yeah. And that's the arc, right? That's why we care. We love Vanya. and We love the umbrella Academy because they resolve their issues because mm-hmm. at the end, when Vanya needed her family, they put their shit aside and, they grew. That was right. the difference between season one and season two. It's, and that's why I love the character development. It's yeah. just like, hey, we're a family now. We know how to work together. Um, and so now it's revealed Ben is still alive. He didn't die. He is head of the Sparrows. Whereas the Sparrows, the head of the Sparrows has a leader in the comic books that is very much like Luther, like just super strength. And yeah. like kind of blonde and like muscular. Um I'm excited to see all the different powers that happen because it the powers are really weird in 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 the book. Right. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I um, I mean it's been a while since I've read it. I'm uh, gonna spoil a little bit, so people if you wanna Yeah, I mean not we've know. thrown out un- enough spoiler <laughs> alerts. So. Uh the my favorite is the cube. I don't know what the fuck the cube is up to and what the cube does and who the cube is. Right. Even in the comic books there's just a floating cube. <laughs> 
that's a part of the sparrows and it doesn't show they haven't shown any powers that the cube does and i'm just like what the fuck is this cube right and it definitely was in that scene uh in the show the cube is one of the like members of the sparrows um one of them is essentially like um allison one of them speaks anything and will make it true um, I think it's like kind of the foil. It's a, it seems like a similar power, but instead of saying I heard a rumor, she has to speak truth of some sort gotcha. or belief of something. Yeah. Um, there is one of the members in the sparrows in the comic books that bursts into crows, like just becomes crows. That's right. Yeah. And attacks them. There's one of the members in the sparrows that blasts black, black energy from their mouths. Okay. Um, and there's one of the members in the Sparrows that is like a human uh, human voodoo doll. Like, he's like this weird fleshy creature and then he stabs himself. And That's then he right. makes everyone else feel the same pain that he feels. That's like, right. That I remember that. So one is like a human voodoo doll. One is a bunch of crows. One's a cube. One's kind of like Allison. One's kind of like Luther. Mm-hmm. But in the show, I guess Ben... Because I'm glad they brought him back. I'm glad, at least the actor. Like I really was gonna, I was gonna miss him. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be interesting with that dynamic, and I think it's probably a good dramatic choice yeah. to to make him the head of the the sparrows and like not remember his family when they already love him so much. Right. Yeah. It's it's gonna be interesting, uh, especially. If, I'm curious to see where, where they go with like the the big storyline like the big overarching uh plot if they try and tackle like hotel hotel oblivion Oblivion. (laughs) like i think that would be honestly i think it'd be awesome i think it'd be awesome if they did i mean because like i don't know where they're gonna go i mean it's it would be so far in the opposite direction like so ungrounded in reality yeah. like like i mean yeah we're we have all these characters that have superpowers that have no business existing in the real world yeah um so it's not necessarily a far cry but i mean like it's basically like an like hell like that they invented to yeah. stick bad guys in that they defeated yeah well uh I don't know if they're going to do it, but my predictions for season three, at some point, I hope they bring in Perseus because, because Perseus is the main villain of the vol- third volume. Right. He is... Um, should I reveal everything? <laughs> uh, nah, let's, let's save that. Okay. Yeah. Perseus I- is the main villain of season three. They have yet to reveal him in the show. I'm assuming they're going to reveal him in, in in season three of I think so Academy. too. He's he's a great character in the books. And, and if they do reveal him, they eventually have to reveal Hotel Oblivion, which is the third comic volume, right? Um, that you know, in my personal favorite, it's great. Yeah, it, it houses it's beautiful. So many things. Um, it's also the best. Uh, it or I guess not iteration, but like uh like klaus like it's it's the best storytelling arc of klaus yeah out of all the books yeah in in my opinion like yeah he's kind of he's not necessarily front and center but he gets uh a lot of um i don't know his arc is just really good yeah 
Klaus, I think it'd be interesting to see Klaus deal with Ben in real life now. Because mm-hmm. Klaus essentially lost his, you know, brother again. The one that he was always speaking to and the one and that was always ben keeping gonna, him in, in check. Yeah, and now Ben is going to be like a real dick. And yeah. And he's going to be like, who the fuck you, like, why are you acting like we have this close, intimate relationship? Yeah. Like, we we don't. I don't know who the also, fuck like, you are. Also, like, Ben, seeing Ben use his powers in real life like not in a ghostly form is going to be very interesting. Right. I hope he does it. I don't know if they will, but I hope he does it. I want to see where, um, Harland ends up his Mm -hmm. weird telekinetic boy, whether he's a part of the sparrows or whether he is still in the ether of whatever he probably wouldn't. No, he'd be old. If he was like, if where they transported to in the future is in fact the same storyline. If we're not dealing with like a multiverse yeah. situation here, if if we are, or if they did end up in the future of the same universe, yeah, Harlan would then, be yeah, old. He, he, he wouldn't would be. I mean, so he's what like maybe eight or so. Yeah, in uh, in sixty three. So that that'd be what 60 he'd be like an old man yeah like 70s maybe he'd be an old man throwing shit around with his mind i mean he'd probably if he survived that long he'd probably have his skills honed pretty good hopefully we'll see and then lila maybe she'll pop in and out i feel like she's gonna pop in and out for diego um she won't stay far i feel like from him he loves her and i think she still loves him right yeah um yeah i think she's She'll probably kind of go off and do her own thing, kind of figure out her own feelings, be without, like, uh, she's gonna parents bring, and she, a fake mom. She's probably going to bring some shenanigans in, knowing her. Probably. Um, I also really hope that mom, like, the robot mom is still alive. I really like that actress and Me how too. she was portrayed in the first season. I hope they bring her back for season three. I... Um, I feel like they did kind of set that up as a cliffhanger, like a low-key cliffhanger, yeah. because we didn't really get closure on that. Yeah. Like, like there wasn't really any closure yeah. to it. Um, I and mean, she, like, we had that... Sorry, I didn't no. mean to cut you no, off. No, 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 you're like, fine. we had that final scene of her... Uh, I mean, not, not the one outside of whatever, like... Mm-hmm. That hotel or wherever they all yeah. went went to met Reginald for dinner. Yeah, you know, where Diego um, goes to talk to her when, when she's sitting in the car, mm-hmm. um, and then later on we see her like digging through his stuff or whatever, and yeah. and trying to make sense of what Diego is like talking about. Yeah. So yeah, but anyways, I hope she's back. Um, I'm very excited to see season three. I hope they bring a Hotel Oblivion in it. I hope you really I really weird. want to talk about it. Um it's just going to be so exciting because I don't know. Yeah, if if you guys listening that that are still uh, that have hung on this long, the um, all negative 20 people that are still listening. <laughs> um if you want to hear us talk about um uh, uh Hotel Oblivion in more Actually, we probably already did. You can go back and listen to episode, I think it's 30, it's somewhere in the 30s, uh, 35 or 6 or something. I I don't know, it it was... It'll just be so cool to see so many, like, 
weird villains and like shit right. and like it's basically yeah it's just that one scene in cabin in the woods where all the, just, the creatures get let out and it's just and it's hell on it's earth. an entire hotel of super villains that are trapped that, right that's essentially their jail yeah and it's just it's brilliant i hope they use it in season three it'll be it would be real fun to see how how they try and translate that. yeah because to me it's like two ways they could either have the main conflict as sparrows versus umbrella academy mm-hmm. as the main point conflict possibly introduce perseus as a villain mm-hmm. and then or they could just head straight into like here's perseus he's a villain these two teams have to team up together to beat him and hotel oblivion right is my prediction but it's pretty solid who knows in the in the universe of covid if what's gonna happen <laughs> right i mean yeah there's there's so many movies that have been uh, and shows that have been pushed back and delayed yeah. and uh and production for movies that have supposed to have started yeah and haven't yeah um so yeah i mean ted and i were talking about this last episode when we talked about the dc the fandom uh, event that um we're we were hoping that since they only have 25 percent of batman films that they'll still be able to film the rest of it and get it out there before next october um so yeah yeah yeah, we'll see any other thoughts on uh my brain is fried um <laughs> I, I think all my thoughts are are now out on the table i think that's so too it, mine too i we did a good job I think, though I, I think we i mean we we were all over the place uh but I, as I, usual <laughs> which i mean is fine and uh, like we said we gave fair warning that yeah. that it would kind of be all over the place and tangents would be had yes but i do think that we we did a good job hitting all yeah. the, the major points of this season. Yeah. In so. conclusion, Umbrella Academy season two, a good solid eight out of 10 for me mm-hmm. has same really entertaining moments. I had a few gripes. You've already heard them. You can re-listen to it if you want to, yeah, but nothing's perfect. Nothing no is perfect. perfect. No show is perfect. Love the characters, love their powers, love the new like conflicts that's going to happen very excited for season three Mm -hmm. definitely still a fan of both the comic books and the show for different reasons again yeah and i think season three was confirmed not too long ago right i hope so i i I think i know nothing john snow (laughs) so uh fuck (laughs) yeah all we right. have not talked about Game of Thrones, but again, we sh- at some point should. I we yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have too many thoughts. I think that's a, a dead Titanic ship that's at the bottom of the ocean, right? That should not be revived. Nah, so. I, we. <laughs> so we've done one Game of Thrones episode, but it was a season seven recap, I believe. Mm. And it wasn't that good of a uh, episode because I it was one of the ones I fucked up the recording. I accidentally used the my laptop microphone instead of my nice expensive microphones. Oh no! Uh, so, so everything was in a tin can. Precisely. Okay. Uh, so I would definitely be on board with doing another Game of Thrones episode. I I don't know. It's what, okay. 
no. what it would be like. We we, could, I was we just... definitely have the game plan for it. Uh, game plan, and, and, pun intended. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, we could just make it a, a giant gripe session I truly, about the, yeah. the last season. I'm just talking out of whatever orifice that I have. The mouth. The mouth, the ears, the eyes, the soul, yes. the nose, right, the hands. Um. Anyways, thank you for listening to me. <laughs> Are you gonna take us out? Thank you, thank you so much for um, coming to the Pescatarian Conference Church of, um, you know, Umbrella Academy. This has been and our TED Talk. This has been our two million years TED Talk. <laughs> Um, it's been 84 years I just love coming on here and just derailing everything and talking for like literally five hours to no one not even to myself not even to my reflection right into the void that is 2020 yeah uh, but I'm listening oh I'm glad a positive right I mean I haven't tuned out yet which is um, amazing (laughs) because I have horrible ADHD Um, so so yeah you're doing great I know. And You're it's great. Yeah. So, but yeah, we are going to sign off this bitch. Ian, thank yes. you so much again for, for coming on. Yeah. I really appreciate no it. Problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I will uh, always come back and talk about nonsense and, you know. And, and my door is always open. Derail it. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Derail this beautiful train wreck. Yes. I mean, it's bold of you to assume that it was ever on rails to begin with. I, f- I uh, feel like there are multiple rails. And they break all the time, and then you build another one, and then, you know... Those break, too? Those break, too. Some of them go into the sky. Some of them go into the earth. (laughs) What are you even talking about? I don't know. It's just, like... I just imagine, like, railroads, but, like, like on Rainbow Road on Mario Kart. Oh, okay. And just, like, just breaking off and then falling out of the Rainbow Road. Oh, my God. Anyways, it's super late and we're super tired. <laughs> right, yeah, it is. And this is, is why I will never end this podcast because I will never stop talking. Uh, listeners, if you have made it this far, uh, thank you. And like always, I'm sorry. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, but thank you so much for listening. And as always, be kind, stay kinky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Yum. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yum, 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 yum. I love it. <laughs>